Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation podcast, episode number seven. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. So I'm a filmmaker living out in Los Angeles, California. I have, uh, I've, I've just been craving these long extended conversations, and it's been a pleasure being able to talk to a variety of people so far and looking forward to keeping that train going. So thanks for listening. Also, I do want to remind you that this podcast is available in video form on YouTube. You can just search the Eddie Conversation podcast, subscribe there. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Episode number seven featuring Tori Oliphant. I like I'm putting on a show here. No, no, no. No, 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 it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, so I'll just start with that. <laughs> so thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on the uh, the Eddie Conversation oh, yeah. podcast. Here you are, Tori, Oliphant, Oliphant, Yes. Um, yeah. So I would introduce you as a. I, I usually like to have people introduce themselves. What, how do you introduce yourself? To people like how would, what would I consider myself yeah like what's your when you meet what's somebody for the first time yeah I don't I guess I don't like to go by just like musician like I don't really consider myself a musician more of like an artist I guess because I do dabble in I put my finger in every pie as far as like the arts go mm-hmm. so but music is my passion right now it's what I'm like focusing on right now but who knows where I'll be in the future okay so artist are you like would Okay, so talk to us about the dabbles, the things you dabble in. So can you lay that out? Yeah. Um, So other than music and like music production and stuff, like before that, like when I was a kid, I wanted to just be like a regular like paper artist because I really enjoyed drawing and Mm -hmm, shit. mm -hmm. So like before I really knew about or knew what my passion or what I wanted to do with my life, Um, I just wanted to, like, make paintings and stuff, but then, like, once I realized that that's not, like, the most viable Mm -hmm. career, you know, as far as, like, I don't want to be on the street, like, like, buying my paintings. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I gave up on that as far as, like, trying to make it, like, my whole, like, identity and, like, life. And then after just, like, that, I I chose fashion, and I was, like, I'm going to do fashion design. I did, like, classes. I learned how to sew. I, like, made garments, and I would do, like, fashion sketches and stuff. And then I was like, I can't afford to go to fashion school, so <laughs> uh, I can't really do this yeah. either. So I gave up on that, and then that's when I joined a band and started doing, like, singing and stuff. Okay, so so now that you're doing singing and stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, what, let's, let's, I want to talk about that first initially, because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's primarily how, I mean, I guess, like, I see you as mm-hmm. I... Yeah, I've, like, I've that's listened. how I've, like, made my name. Yeah, you, um, all right, so... Can you lay out the track as far as your your music your music life? Like and where it's yeah. Started. So you've mentioned that you you're in a band and now mm-hmm. you're kind of doing your solo thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. What, what's that about? What's yeah, that, that about? Here. That's, here. Uh, that, that's a whole story. I can sure. get into this. So I guess like my own personal journey with music started with my parents because they were in they met in a band and like okay like when they were in high school together and they started a band together and like they got married and like yeah it was just like a really big part of their adult young life and they would always tell me stories about shows and just like being musicians and I always thought they were so cool like I would just like look up to them like so hard and so not only did they give me like kind of like that inside like you know I kind of had an understanding of musicians 
but they had like a bunch of equipment, like all the equipment that's just lying around in here, all the equipment that I ended up using yeah. that I use now, they just like have. So I'd say like that gave me a super good foundation because they kind of just like provided that. So from there, from like knowing that I have like, you know, a bunch of equipment at my house, I would, I kind of like wanted to start a band. I was like, I feel like I have mm -hmm. the opportunity. Like I know my parents would be cool with it. If we practice in the garage, they would love it. So <clears throat> in high school, I just sort of like asked my friends, I was like, should we like start a band? Like I wasn't really serious right. about music at that point. I didn't really consider myself like a singer at all. Like I had auditioned for like musicals and stuff and just like bombed. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I feel just, like, like yeah. I, sorry to cut you off. I no. feel like I feel like that always comes up in high school though. I feel like yeah. I had like tons of friends that mm -hmm. would be like Let's talking about it. doing it and and never ended up getting done because it takes so much organization to yeah. put together a band mm -hmm. and actually create something together. But you, okay, so you... Yeah, I feel like I knew that. Like, like people are pretty... Like, they'll say they want to do something, yeah. but they won't actually put time and effort into it. I would say I'm the exact opposite. So I kind of just, like, gathered a bunch of people and was like, we're making a band. But I also, like, don't like... I, I'm, I am a fan of collaboration. Like, I... Mm -hmm really enjoy working with other people so I just felt like it was a really good way for me to start as far as like getting comfortable with music because I really wasn't comfortable like as far as like my own confidence as like being mm -hmm. an artist and like I didn't have like an identity you know yeah and I had to figure all that out but I guess having other people who are vulnerable with you on like on stage or mm -hmm. practicing or whatever it made it a lot easier for me I would say I wouldn't have started by myself if it wasn't like yeah. you know I think I needed those people to help me too yeah it makes sense mm -hmm. yeah getting getting those jitters out with with your friends mm -hmm. versus all alone people who might it, judge it, it, you, it yeah. takes the pressure off for sure yeah okay yeah so and then actually before for those that are watching the podcast too you did mention the space we are shooting <laughs> yeah this is my garage mm -hmm. Um, she's very precious to me. She, yeah. I consider her a community center, an art center. Um, she hosts everything from shoots to shows to parties. I've had parties in here, movie nights. I just this. I love this space. There's a lot of a lot of history here. Yes, there's like. history here. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good. You have the space utilizing, and that's awesome. But yeah. that's that's where we are right now, which is exciting yeah. for. I guess for me, right? <laughs> Experience. This is like that. a total tangent, but do you know about the history of this house? No. <laughs> no. I, I don't. It's my first it's, time here. Um, it's chilling. It's a chilling story. I feel like because okay. it's Halloween, like this is a good story. Sure. Let's hear it. So I didn't know this, but before we moved in, like years ago, like years ago, there were some people who lived here. And they moved out, and they left the house, like, empty mm -hmm. and vacant. It was, yeah, like, kind you have of a mistake. year. What year? That was, like, 2000. I would say it was left vacant around 2007. Okay. And then from, like, 2007 to 2010, it was inhabited by, like, squatters. So a bunch of squatters lived here. Mm -hmm. And, like, they would, you know, they just didn't have homes, so they, they lived here because it was an empty house. And legend has it, Chatsworth legend, um, <laughs> one of the squatters, like, got mad at the other squatters living there he wanted the space to himself I, maybe i don't maybe he was just crazy i don't yeah. know he killed all of them in here chopped them into little pieces put them in the trash can okay. and then burned the whole place down and that's a rumor 
No, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the news if you look up my address and my house. Okay. So th this is a murder house. Okay. We're we're on <laughs> bones and dead sure, people. Sure, sure. I feel like okay for me. I'm not really sure what to do with that information, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm sure most most plots of land have had like a person die. Have, have bones there, but, but that's it's like pretty so that's, recent. That's kind of that's that's interesting. It's like a little scary. My parents didn't tell me until like five years after. So I so I guess so I guess is there a continuation to that story, or they're like? <laughs> I mean, the there, guy got arrested. There, I mean, as far as like spirits or oh, or weird stuff like that's happened is that a is that a thing there is like a haunted hallway there's like a hallway in this house that i can't hallway. stand in at night because if i like stand there at night like i literally will like like start just like mm -hmm. freaking out mm -hmm. it's like it's such a weird feeling it just feels like the walls are closing in on you it feels like there's someone there and i did like this snapchat filter i don't i no, it's not snapchat it's a tiktok filter okay do you use tiktok are you on tiktok i i have yet to join tiktok it's the new I, thing. You know I'm it's so, the new thing. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm getting pitched TikTok with every every guest <laughs> every guest that I have on here. But uh You need to right, get it. So you created a, I don't even know what okay. Uh, right. there was a TikTok filter that like sees if there's mm. like ghosts around okay. or it like picks up like objects that are around. And I was just like showing it in the hallway and there was like this huge like orb. Like just an orb. And I was like, what is happening? There's ghosts. <laughs> Confirmed by TikTok. Confirmed by TikTok, Copy. Yeah. Copy that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So as far as your music goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the tangent. What were we talking about? The garage. So, uh, yeah, I guess to come back to where you are now really quick. Mm -hmm. And because the, the songs that you have up that you promote through Instagram and stuff were released. Last like the YouTube say like eight months ago. Oh something. yeah, no, like the beginning. Like yeah, I worked on it all last year, and then it came out the beginning of okay. this year. Okay. Did you? All right. So I want to hear about that process specifically, mm -hmm. and then I guess jumping right into where you're, what what you're doing now. Yeah. Since like since then. Right. Okay. I mean, do you want me to talk about my first band? Because no, that's we, like we that's kind of where I stopped. We can get back to it. We can get back to it. All right. I'll talk about me right now because that's way more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, so last year, I decided to do my solo stuff, mm -hmm. and I really didn't have, like, I didn't have any knowledge of production or how to start. I simply was like a performer, and I would sing with my band. Mm -hmm. That was like all that I was really known for. So I was like, you know, I want to write songs just by myself, mm -hmm. and I had already done that, you know, on like piano or ukulele. But it just wasn't like, I really like, you know music that you can dance to music that's like more like mm -hmm. has like current sounds more like modern sounding I wanted to make music that I haven't heard before basically and so I started writing music on my iPhone actually the Mon Cherie song that like is like the most known right now uh, was written completely on my phone mm -hmm. um, it wasn't produced on my phone but I wrote all the parts on my phone and some of the parts that are in the song still are still from my phone mm -hmm. So when you say wrote, because I'm not because I'm not familiar too much oh, with with, like with, that, yeah. with music production or, mm. or or that. So when I think of writing, I think of like lyrics and that court, that yeah. sort of writing, like yeah. the actual like words. Mm. But you're, the writing you're referencing is not that. Like I like literally like produced it. Like I I had like you know the vocals. I had a bass line. I had drums. I had 
you know, I had all the sounds mm -hmm. that I wanted. Mm -hmm. I had the sound that I wanted um, as far as like the full instrumentation I made on my phone through the GarageBand app, okay. which I, I think is on most iPhones. Um, it's like, it's really easy to use. I feel mm -hmm. like more people should use it. Yeah. Okay. So you did it. Yeah, so you just utilized what you what you had. Yeah, because that's all I had at that started, point. Yeah. Started, started mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah, and I wrote that whole song. And then Saturday, I also... It, all three of those I wrote on my phone, actually. Um, and so, then from there, from having like the completely done song, I went to the same producer that produced my, like, my last band. Um, and I asked him to help me, like bring these to life basically like bring them to like be full like listenable mm -hmm. songs that mm -hmm. aren't just like because the thing about writing something on iphone is it's it's low quality you know it doesn't yeah. match up to how mm -hmm. songs sound it's a good starting point i mm -hmm. guess is, but yeah. you can't like release it like that like i would sure. never i mean i would maybe release it if the fans wanted it but yeah okay okay so you reached out to to get that quality up in some some capacity mm -hmm. all right mm -hmm. and um yeah no i i we worked on the songs together. He was really passionate about the songs. He liked them mm -hmm. a lot. And he, mm -hmm. he saw, like, you know, we both had, like, this, a similar vision for the songs. So I decided to work with him. And it took, a, it took like, a while to do all three songs. It, it took, like, most of the year. But it was because I was, I would have to go to his studio and work with him. And I couldn't, like, work on it at home, really. Like, it was mm -hmm. on his, like, setup. And so, Yeah. Um, with the, with those two songs, we have combined credits because he did produce on which two on or on, on all three on Burn Saturday and Moan Street. Mm -hmm. um, Jackson Rao is my was my producer on those. So yeah, he um, he mixed them and then we got them mastered and then I like did a little bit like I wasn't ready to release them because I wanted to do like you know I wanted to get more mm -hmm. notoriety and that's when I did like the YouTube video. Um, I don't know if you saw it. Jubilee. It's like a Jubilee video. It's really stupid. I don't think I saw that one. It's like, um, Jubilee is like this big, it's like cut. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm familiar with, yeah. with what that is, but yeah. Yeah, they have like different videos, but they had one that was like one guy speed dates 12 musicians, and then I was one of the girls that was okay, in that okay. video. And I actually made it, for some reason, to um, <laughs> the top three. Mm -hmm. I think it was just because I was, like, kind of funny. Not very funny. Like, they edited me really shady in that mm -hmm. video. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, no, that video, even though, like, I wasn't the most well-received, like, I did get, like, some criti a lot of criticism. But I was okay with it. Well, like, I, feel, I was honestly happy. I feel like those, those Jubilee videos are, they're all, the only point is to criticize the people yeah, that are on that, they just on that show you. so that's but yeah. how did how did that come how did that come about because i've seen those now mm -hmm. the more you talk about it, i'm like oh obviously i've seen those before. oh yeah yeah but uh how does how does that work because i yeah yeah they actually do like casting in la so i signed up for their you know casting because they were specifically looking for musicians for that one for that but yeah so yeah. for every video they like have a specific call for like a specific type of person mm -hmm. sometimes it's like really weird like latinx blank individual like they'll make it really specific like down to the race but with that one it was just like all musicians and i was like okay well i can obviously submit mm -hmm. to this one so yeah i had to send in like a song and a little video of myself and like write a little bio and i was really excited when they said i would yeah, yeah. i was so excited yeah yeah 
what kind of criticism did you get? Oh God! <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> if, you, if, if I think it's kind of yeah, I think it's interesting. I'm fine with talking about it because I or at least did like the, the funny stuff, like the funny. I don't know. I feel, yeah. I feel like the cri criticism to me. I guess the hope would be that you can spin it in like yeah, a positive like, way. No, I like all criticism because it's like you can sure. always get better from there. You know, it's like they give you a bar and then you have to raise their bar and sure, like show sure. them that you're better. And I like proving people proving to people that mm -hmm. I can do more than they mm -hmm. think I can do. Yeah. Um, but on the actual video, my performance was questionable. <laughs> oh, so you had to perform in the yeah, video? Yeah, you had to sing or like do your talent. Like just on the spot, okay. Yeah, like with, it was just like a hanging mic and they had my song playing on like a really, really shit like, like speaker. Yeah. And just like, that was all, that was it. That was all I had to work with. Like, that's not, personally, that's not how, like, I like, mm -hmm. you know, making sure the sound is nice. Like, I wish they had edited in the song into the video mm. because the thing that I was the most proud of showing was that I had written an original song. Cause like a lot of those girls did covers. Mm. Um, some of those girls had original songs and they were really good. And those were the ones that I think ended up like winning and like getting in the top. They were all really talented because they had like original stuff that they had brought. And I wish, I just wish I could have made it sound like how I know it could have because mm -hmm. it was literally just like, yeah, you have one opportunity, it's playing on a speaker, you have like a, a crappy mic hanging. Like, it wasn't a bad mic, but it, like, you know, it's just like a mic, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. no effects or anything. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, I, people, people said stuff like, People compared me to Claro, <laughs> mm -hmm. which I, I don't mind. Claro's okay. No, I like Claro. I'm not familiar with Claro. Claro, like, she she's, like, kind of popular right now. She has, like, a new mm -hmm. song that's really popular, but she's, like, an indie. Yeah. She, she also, like, written songs on her iPhone. Like, she's, like, kind of similar to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say. But she is an industry plant. That is the difference. Mm. Yeah. So, um, people compared me to Claro. People, like... Um, just like said it was bad, which okay. is fine. So like, just, I, so you can just, think I'm bad. So they're just being mean. Yeah, okay. but people thought I was Nothing funny. Too. Some people thought I was like too much, like annoying, which I, I think I was. Uh -huh. I was like going a little overboard. You're going for it. But I think that's why it worked for me because if I hadn't made like an impression, then he wouldn't have kept me that long because my like sound wasn't as good as some of those other girls as far as I'm concerned. So, but... Yeah, honestly, it wasn't that many. Like, if I sure, really look sure. through all the comments, I'm sure I'd find a lot. But I, I don't look through them yeah, that yeah, much. Yeah. yeah, no, I think it's healthy not to. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so you did that kind of, that was an opportunity that came up that could help benefit. Yeah, I did that before I had released the songs. Yeah. And I wanted it to be sort of like, getting my name out there. Yeah, yeah. And I did perform the songs that I was going to release. Mm -hmm. And so... Then people after that were like, where are the songs, where are the songs? And I guess my, like, I wish I had capitalized on that because right after that video came out, like, I had a lot of traffic to my page because they, like, tag your Instagram mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I wish I had had those songs, like, right there to drop. Yeah. But they ended up not coming out. If that video came out around, like, November, the songs didn't come out until, like, m March. Yeah. February, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, I, yeah. I see, yeah, that's... Shucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I felt all... like people people would comment every day, like, where are they? Like, girl, like, what's taking so long? But it was, honestly wasn't me. It was my producer. He no, just took yeah. a very long time. That stuff takes time. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad at least that sounds like a good experience overall. It was, yeah. All right.
any yeah i guess i'm curious about the the songs themselves on on being that there were only three, three mm-hmm. to to go with how yeah. did you did you what was that like did you did you kind of write a bunch of them and then narrow down to your top yeah. three and then like mm-hmm. what was your um so i wanted to do like i didn't want to just drop like an ep like with a bunch of songs because mm-hmm. i wanted to show people like because the, the songs are very different. All three songs are very different. And I felt like they didn't go together. And I, I had written a lot of songs. And those were just obviously the three that I wanted to do. Like, mm-hmm. it kind of just, they jumped out at me. It wasn't like I had to narrow anything down. It was more like, okay, well, this one's good. So we're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and so, but I guess my vision for it, as far as, like, it being three singles and not, like, together. I wanted them to all be, like, similar. That's why they have, like, similar images um but i wanted them to be distinct from each other to show people that i have kind of like i can do a range a range yeah Mm -hmm. i have i i do this kind of song but i can also do this kind of song just to gauge like what people like and what people want me to do and they obviously liked Mm -hmm. montreal the best Mm. out of the three so it like gives me an idea of like oh i should like make more songs that like are similar to that is that is that how you decided to go the video route on that one yeah yeah that one was just like from the beginning the most like people were like oh what is this song Mm -hmm. like people were just interested in that song so and i wanted to do a music video for saturday i really wanted Mm -hmm. to do one but our idea was just too big like we just don't have the budget for what we wanted to do what was the idea (laughs) we wanted to do like huge like like 80 group like group of like 80 people like running down a beach like balloons like being released Mm. into the air like drone footage (laughs) like you know like michael bay like i don't know like just really extra and over the top yeah Yeah. like campy a little bit okay yeah Yeah. that that uh, yeah i mean the one that you did end up making is definitely the more producible one which makes yeah i want because that song's a little bit more like minimalist um Mm -hmm. and it, like my ideas for how we could do that video were ta- like tangible mm-hmm. like we could have we could do that you know so yeah that would yeah been. and people liked it so that but that was also like mostly the determining yeah, yeah 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 uh can you talk about the writing of the actual lyrics for for mm-hmm. each of them and what, of them. what the inspirations were and yeah yeah um i'll start with burn because i think i wrote that one first um that one was about like I had been coming out of like a bad relationship, I guess. And that song was about being with someone who is okay with watching you in pain. And like that's why the song's like, you know, you'll watch me burn. And like even though like you might have this like idea of this like perfect relationship with someone, like if they don't care about whether or not they're hurting you, then that's like a very toxic thing. And so that song, there's like kind of like some anger, kind of like some passion in it. And uh, yeah, the lyrics are about like, just like Mm -hmm. what I had been Mm -hmm. through around that time and what I was feeling, I guess. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that song. That one's my favorite out of the three, actually. Yeah. Still, I mean, yeah, after the, after, all this time, that's when you kind of... Yeah, I'm most. surprised it's the one with like yeah. that's like the least amount of listens. Because I personally, like if I had found 
those songs. That's like the only one I would have like. I feel like I would have personally liked. If I liked. I try to place myself in like a third yeah, yeah, point yeah, perspective yeah. always. It's really hard though because I'm obviously biased. You're, so you're a little close to the material. <laughs> yeah, I probably yeah. should be the ones. Yeah, but I them. feel it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then with Saturday, that one was kind of the opposite of that. It was like coming out of that and like being free, being happy, having like ideas for like a really happy future. That one's just like a positive. I wanted to write like a positive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. song because personally, I don't like art that brings negativity into the world. Like I don't really like that whole like diva aesthetic of like, oh, like, you know, I'm famous, but like I hate my life and like I'm sad. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. if I ever had any kind of platform, I would only want to spread positivity. So that's like kind of the theme of that song. Yeah, yeah, you were aiming for that positive, the positive yeah. jam to make <laughs> people happy. Jam, make people happy. Yeah, yeah, because that's how I want my career to go, like, from here on. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't like, I mean, things can be, like, sad. I think things can be sad, but if you're going to make something sad, you should at least put hope in mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like even the sad songs I've written, which I, like, haven't, I haven't really said any of them, but they all have, like, hope mm -hmm. at some point because I don't think it's fair to, like, give people art that, will leave them feeling like empty. I don't, I personally, when I ha when I consume art that way, I feel worse, you know? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it makes you introspect and like, but I don't know, I guess it depends. Yeah, it kind of sends you down a negative spiral almost for no reason and you're just yeah. left there, you know, like <laughs> taking people to that spot doesn't sound, yeah, like you're saying, yeah, like the thing you want to be doing, which makes sense because I don't, I, I that's kind of how I feel I would lean to. But yeah. yeah. Just like being optimistic, because I'm, I'm an optimist, mm -hmm. so I don't understand people who can just like pick out the bad in every situation, because mm -hmm. I feel like I always try to like, you know, like glaze the Spin it positively yeah, and glass yeah. half full kind of thing. Mm -hmm, and, and then we have Mon Monchery. Monchery, yeah. Monchery. Yeah, that one I wrote like in the summer, I, I had been... I was dating around and I was, I mean, I don't know. It was, it's about just like the beginning of a relationship and like that first feeling you get with someone, like that first like wave of like, whoa, like I like this person. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of just about that. And I have, I've experienced that like a lot of times in my life. So I would say some of my songs aren't directly about like a person. They're more about like my mental space mm -hmm. at that time based on like, yeah, it's about the feeling yeah. versus yeah, the person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess I I was curious to hear more about because I'm I'm as a filmmaker myself, mm -hmm. having produced a lot of like zero budget stuff oh, yeah. and like putting stuff together and just mm -hmm. making stuff regardless. Mm -hmm. Like, I was a big fan of watching your behind the scenes video. <laughs> <laughs> I love that video. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, it looked crazy to me, but which I think is cool. And watching the video, I think plays plays awesome. And I think it, like I have, I've kind of avoided making music videos myself mm. because it, it's just, I, I don't grab onto it very easily. Like it's yeah. a different it's a different medium than yeah. the narrative filmmaking. Like film, yeah. mm -hmm. So I personally stay away from it but watching like watching your piece and then seeing seeing how it was made and stuff i thought it was super awesome oh. so i was curious to hear more about what wasn't in the behind the scenes <laughs> video or yeah. or like prepping for it and, yeah. and like all that kind of stuff that whole video <laughs> was 
a complete and utter chaotic mess. Mm -hmm. I mean, it came out like exactly how I wanted, but how it got there was, it, it, I don't, I don't know. It was like a train off yeah. the rails, literally. So, so I guess for, for a little bit of context, it was shot in one night. It was, it, it, it was shot over two days. Two days. Yeah. Okay. But it took about two to three months of preparation mm -hmm. as far as like, it started with the idea. And then it went from <laughs> the idea to like a written out idea and like, mm -hmm. you know, plot, storyboard. From there, we were like, we don't have any of these things in the storyboard. We need to make them. We need to mm -hmm. make this happen. We need to make this come to life. This is actually a prop from a tree. These, these pink this, These flowers. pink flowers. Yeah. yeah, see this pot is from Ikea. Oh, God. And we just put those in. We went to Ikea. We got so much stuff. Mm -hmm. We ended up returning a lot of it because we're broke. Right. Um, <laughs> well, that's the that's the, the budget way to do was $500. It. I think we spent like 200. We went completely under budget because at the time like we said, you know, we have $500, but like we didn't. We did not have that kind of money. Mm -hmm. So we we were like we can't, you know, we got to mm -hmm. do everything as cheaply as possible. And that you know, like you saw in the video, we stole sand from a park. Oh, right. Like <laughs> if we just did some desperate things that I do not wish to do again. Um, but for a first music video, yeah, it was good. Yeah, we you got, got it, you got it done. So li literally dirty. <laughs> literally. Uh, I was trying to imagine the the, the scene of because there's no post rap scene of like oh yeah of whatever. But I was like, did they take the sand back and just dump it back in in the nighttime too? Or the sand or? was actually dumped like ten feet away from my house. It's okay. like over there. Right. Yeah, we just dumped it in the sure, field the next sure. door. I hope nobody sees that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So $200 yeah. music video, getting it done. Because um, if, all right, because a lot of it is almost like arts and craftsy kind of stuff, yeah. like construction paper, yeah. trees and oranges <laughs> and, and rose yeah. petals and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So We had to make all that stuff by hand. Mm -hmm. And as far as like the crew and like, there were so many people like there shooting and like how we got Cameron that like TikTok star to come and be in the video. I have no idea personally, mm -hmm. um, but it was honestly just like, I, I felt really blessed as far as like every time I asked someone for help with the video, they were like, yeah, I'm down. I'm, I'm in like, let's do it. Yeah. And yeah, it was just a really crazy day. Like it felt magical, but not in really a good way. Like, But um, that whole, yeah. And then the editing process was really stressful as well. Well, actually, before we get to that, you did mention you didn't know how you got Cameron. Oh, yeah. So how no did you get Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was going through TikTok, mm -hmm. and I saw his page. And I 
like I had been looking for someone to cast in the video. I had had someone in mind, but they lived like far and we would have had to get them out here yeah, and yeah. it just would have been, it was like a friend of mine. And so I was, I was, I had in the back of my mind that I needed to find somebody and I, I saw a TikTok and he, he lived, I saw that he lived in LA from his TikTok. He like posts videos in LA mm -hmm. and stuff. And so I was like, okay, this kid lives in LA. He's like on the come up. He probably just moved here. And I was right. He had. He had just moved here mm -hmm. from somewhere in the south. I don't want to say where because I'm probably wrong. <laughs> sure. um, and he's like making his name for himself out here. Mm -hmm. And I'm. I'm. It's, it's really cool to see. Like mm -hmm. you know, he just like came from the south and came here and <laughs> is just killing the game. <laughs> came from the south. <laughs> he's just slaying us. He's just stepping on us. Sure. But, so you um, just straight up just asked. I literally just asked him. I literally found his Instagram and was like, "Hey, I'm in LA." Me and my friends are making a music video. It's like really low budget. Like I told him yeah, like it yeah. wasn't going to be like a, a high production thing. I thought he wouldn't want to come because of that. But he was actually super like down, like yeah. so down to earth. Like when he came here, he was like, I love how you guys are just making this work. Like because we were like we were making it work. Like he was probably used to, you know, big shoots. He does a lot of like mo like fashion mm -hmm. modeling. Mm -hmm. um, but he still was so like chill with just yeah, like being yeah. here and yeah he was super cool to work with um i was really surprised that like i asked him and he was like yeah down like he just he literally like he never said anything that i could even like say was like negative like he was just a very positive person it was just really down to work in whatever yeah, yeah, way yeah. possible and, and really so, quick yeah. too i think one of your mics flipped in yeah, there you go i'm not surprised that it worked out yeah like i am a big advocator of just reaching out to people yeah. and being genuine and authentic about what mm. the scenario is and not overselling yeah like this is going to be the biggest thing in the world like, and no, yeah. millions of people are going to see it you're going to yeah. get famous off it like whatever the stuff is yeah. like just saying what it is i feel is because People more often than not are are just flattered that you'd consider them in the first place. Yeah. So when you say you don't know how you did it, I'm like, well, I know how you did it. Yeah, but <laughs> I just, he had seemed like successful enough like on his own that he wouldn't need that. But I think I had got him at a perfect time where like his TikTok was like just mm -hmm. starting to gain speed, his Instagram, and he's definitely a lot more popular now. Like I feel like if I was making the video now and I messaged him, it's not that he would say no, but maybe he wouldn't even see my message, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but I am really happy about how everything yeah, worked yeah. out. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah. And then what about the the director and stuff? How did how did that, because that's always the weird thing for me too, is, <laughs> is let's say me as a director trying to work with an artist, mm -hmm. it's a weird relationship because it's, it's your material, mm -hmm. it's your song, but you're asking me to be a director and directors yeah. usually provide their own vision on top of it. So yeah. it's like a weird who's who's in it, control yeah. and who's... it was kind of a struggle I, I'm, I'm just gonna say that it was a struggle because um yeah I would say we were putting in you know we I didn't want anyone who was coming to help mm -hmm. to have to do like little like tedious work as far as like you know making the props like we did all that mm -hmm. we paid for everything we mm -hmm. produced it like it was our money it was on it was in time. our space, like, yeah. yeah. So things like that, like, I did personally, even though we did have a director, I felt sort of like, like I knew, like, because I, it was kind of a controlled environment as far as, like, I, I invited who I wanted to come. And so 
I did feel like a producer and I felt like I could easily like tell him what I wanted or at least that's what I thought um but mm-hmm. that that is mm-hmm. not what ended up happening yeah there was a lot of like you know like no I want to do this I want to do this and um yeah it ended kind of weird but you know the video's out so so it was kind of like a um just some back and forth on trying to trying to yeah fight through some some decisions and stuff yeah i would say mostly with editing okay in the yeah, edit in the edit because there were a lot of shots that either didn't get put in the final or like like we just didn't get like like that we had set up for and like done but mm-hmm. that just weren't mm-hmm. filmed and so we had come across a lot of like we had a storyboard, but we ended up having to, like, not use it because mm-hmm. we had missed so many of the shots. And, the, like, not not missed so many of the shots. We had a lot of them, but some of them were unusable for different reasons, like yeah. lighting problems or... Yeah, there was just, like, a lot of, like, roadblocks, I would say, and I think that stressed everybody out. And then I, I feel like probably having me, like, breathe down their neck, like, wasn't <laughs> the best for the situation. <laughs> yeah. So what, let's say, okay, as you, you mentioned kind of prepping for another video coming up, yeah. what what things are you doing differently this time around to, yeah. now that you have that experience, yeah. what's what's different? I mean, because of quarantine, but also because of mm. that last video, I'm keeping things very small, like crew small, mm-hmm. people who are working on it. Like it's really just me and my, my two best friends that are doing it. Um, and before, like we had a lot of people doing different things. And I would say like that, contributed to the chaos as far mm-hmm. as like like I don't know there was just like too much going on mm-hmm. and so we want to keep it cleaner this time like even if we have to put more work on ourselves like we at least know we can fight with each other we can like debate about it and like our friendship is still going to be there versus like sometimes when you work with people in LA like you can like literally like not talk to somebody after mm-hmm. a creative project if it doesn't go the way they like you know but I like I like working with people that I trust because I know like even if this video doesn't turn out perfect, mm-hmm. they're not gonna like resent me for it. You know, like we all did it together and it came out the way it came out. You know. Yeah, yeah. But some people I would say are very like I don't know. They yeah they want to con. I I'm I'm the same way. I want to have control over the things that I. Um, create mm-hmm. and I understand like when you collaborate p- with people they also want control of what they create so it's like yeah it's always going to be a pulling of like so I guess I guess that's that's my experience in a way I guess the way that I see it is similar and yet I feel like okay when when I produce my short films and stuff mm-hmm. in LA it's normally there's like pre-conversations about why I'm bringing you on and and whose vision it is and what the plan is with the edit. Like a lot of the conversations happen up front to help smooth out those later yeah. things that come out. So yeah. I guess I'm, I might be a little bit more, I guess you've mentioned being optimistic. <laughs> I almost think that I, I might be a little bit more optimistic in terms of the collaboration process yeah. with, with all that. Like yeah. I, it's the same thing when you ask Cameron to come out. It's like this yeah. is this is the deal, and this is whatever. And this is my music, yeah. and I really appreciate your vision. And this is kind of where it goes. I feel like there there is potential, definitely, for for doing that again in the future. But I no, do yeah. I do like the idea 
of trying the complete opposite version. It's like, all right, sweet. I brought a lot of people in that first time. <laughs> this time, no people. And we'll yeah. see what the difference is. Yeah. And then learn from that. And then kind yeah. of maybe do a mixture on the on the next one or whatever. Yeah. But that's... I, yeah. I would I feel like if the if the world was in a little bit of a different place like I my personal mindset would be different but I'm like so isolated now like mm-hmm. my social network mm-hmm. has like diminished so much as far as like even people that I would reach out to before I feel weird reaching out to them because it's like oh I haven't talked to them in a super long time I haven't even asked them how they're doing like they probably think I don't like them mm-hmm. like you know I get like kind of like an anxiety about yeah. that and I don't want people to think I'm using them only for their skills because I every person that I ask help from it's because I appreciate like who they are as a human and I appreciate their skills and I think they're like a good Mm -hmm. worker and like all those things like I would only ask someone for help if I valued them as a person and so um I it's it's hard because I just I want to meet new people to work with Mm -hmm. and things like Mm -hmm. that but I it's like where am I gonna go you know I can't like go to parties or I guess, yeah, parties and stuff are how I used to, like, network okay. and things. And shows, definitely. Shows, definitely. Like, w- without shows, mm-hmm. my life is, like, so different. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. The lack of shows in the world right now? Yeah, because I guess, I guess like, I, I think about networking a lot. Like, that's kind of how we connected was just, like, Instagram. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like, I mean, that's kind of the only option these days, really, is some sort of internet connection yeah, and finding definitely. people that way mm-hmm. but uh what what's your experience like which i haven't been to many shows while i've, while I've been out in la and stuff mm-hmm. so what how was that like were you doing performances yourself often or what like what what was the context there um so like most of my show experience was with my last band mm-hmm. um only because literally like the first show that I planned for my solo career was on March 14th Mm. and the whole world shut down on March 13th. So yeah, that show was cursed. It was gone. So, um, okay. Um, what were we talking about? (laughs) So we're talking about how with your, with your last band and shows and and and, stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would say, so there's like, there was a scene, like a local scene, and what's actually really funny is that, like, my current boyfriend, um, I didn't... At that, at that time. No, he's my, he's my boyfriend oh, now. current boyfriend. My current boyfriend now was, like, the main promoter for, like, local shows as far as, like, there used to be a venue that all the, like, young people would go to, but it ended up closing down. Um, and then there were, like, a lot of different houses, like, that everyone would play at. Um, mm-hmm. Just, like, yeah, I... I don't know. It was kind of just like a weird group of people who mm-hmm. were making a lot of music locally. Um, but like in the last like like four years, there was like a lot of shows, like maybe like even like once every month or, you know, two in a month sometimes. And it would be like the same kind of like crowd. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? It was mm-hmm. like a big network of people that all knew about the local scene and they yeah, would all yeah. go. Yeah. And um I learned about it through my current boyfriend now because at the time I had only like knew of him. I I, like knew he would throw shows and stuff and I Mm -hmm. thought that was cool. And I like DM'd him and I was like, I like I'm starting a band. Like I want to like play some shows. Like let me know if you can like help me me out. And he literally never responded. (laughs) 
He did not help me. He actually barred me from every single like show that he threw. Okay. And which was really <laughs> okay. weird. And so we, my band, would end up throwing our own shows um, because we weren't really invited to play with the other bands too often. Only because like we we went to a different school. I I went to a private school, and I understand like people don't want to hang out with private school kids. I don't want to hang out with private school kids. Thanks. So why would other people okay. want to? Um, <laughs> sure. But yeah, I it was like I feel like we were like a little bit of outcasts, and we didn't really know how to like blend in with mm -hmm. all those people. Mm -hmm. um, and it took like a little bit of a while for us to like. What it what what I'm sure you called him out on on that at some point. What's what's the reasoning for? Oh, for the, why he never yeah, helped me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. How does that, um, how he does that work? he told me he hated me. <laughs> I asked him, I was like, why did you never help me? Like, why? And he was like, I hated you. And I was like, why? And he was like, because you were just like white, like Christian, like privileged. Like, that's just like what I thought you were. And like, also like a lot of his friends were talking like mad shit about me, like mad shit about me. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but like. Then you want him over at some point. Somehow, I did because so. I had, I met him at a, I, at a. Like, I really talked to him at a show he threw, like, in October of 2019. Mm -hmm. And we, I, like, went up to him. And we had been, we actually got hired at the same job. So that was part of why we, mm. like, actually You're, started having to become friends. He was because, forced to interact with yeah, you. Yeah, he was forced <laughs> to interact with me. And I, I just, every opportunity I had, I would, like, talk to him. Because I, I knew he didn't like me. Mm -hmm. And when I know somebody, like, doesn't like me, but I, like, respect them so much. And I want them to like me. Like, I will not stop. Yeah. Until they like me. You've got, like, the, you've got that stubbornness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So what, as far as the, that, okay, so you were able to eventually get shows going with that band that you guys mm. pretty much put on yourself. Yeah, we started it by putting on ourselves. Well, we put shows on for ourselves, like by ourselves, like throughout. But I would yeah. say we started mainly by throwing them ourselves because we d genuinely didn't have yeah. anyone else. Yeah. And then when did... That band did that. Was there like an end to that band? Like, what's the time frame of, of that, band? that one? I would say it was from like 2016 August to August of 2019. Yeah, we broke up in August mm. of 2019. Um, yeah, so it was a good like two, three years. Well, we didn't perform for the first year, so yeah, good two years. Mm -hmm. um, and from like throwing shows ourselves, we actually ended up playing at that venue I told you, the one that closed. Um, and then we ended up playing different shows, you know, different houses, um, different venues, uh, yeah. clubs in Burbank. Like, I don't know, just like random stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The smell, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> it literally smells. I like didn't think it literally smelled. Like, I thought it was just called the smell, like, mm -hmm. for fun. Mm -hmm. But it smells so bad there. Okay. I've never been. You never been. It's it's a classic. You should go. Yeah. It's a classic LA spot. Cool. And then prior to that band, I guess I guess like I was curious, being, but the timeline didn't work out where the band kind of broke up mm -hmm. as you were meeting your new boyfriend who could oh who could have helped us could yeah potentially help. so that was, was we talked about that irony me and my boyfriend we were like. Well, maybe this is it was so weird. Meant to be, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But all right. So prior, that was the second band you were a part of. Is that? That was the yeah. That was the only band I was a part that of. That was the only band. Okay. Mm -hmm. you, all right. And then I guess if you consider what I'm doing now, a band, right, but it's, right. it's just myself. So yeah. solo career now. But yeah, I was in one band, Kosher Green, and we lasted that long. Mm -hmm. And then and you're transitioning into mm -hmm. who you are now. Who I am now. So. 
What are you doing now? Right now, I am similar to like last year around this time. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of trying to spread um, awareness that I am working on a new song. Um, by you know, I released a little like teaser on my Instagram the other day, and um, I'm I the, the song's finished. I just have to get it finally mixed and mastered, mm -hmm. and then it's gonna be put out for release, and then it takes like a month for it to be released. Um, and then so during that time, while we're waiting for that, we're working on a music video mm -hmm. in hopes that they can come out around the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the song is called Seashell. Seashell. Get excited. Sweet. All right. So that, okay, you mentioned the process there really quickly. I was trying to keep up. So it's it's completed. Yeah, the song's done, but it just has to be mixed and mastered. Mixed and mastered. And then once that's done, it's another month till it can get Until, released. Yeah, because once you give it to the distributor, it takes like a month for them to and, like, yeah. And then it's a, it's a single. Yeah. So, all right. Are you, Okay. Yeah, it's going to be another single. Um, hopefully, actually, yeah, hopefully this will be, you know, just the start of a project coming mm -hmm, out mm -hmm. later in 2021. Sure. Yeah. And then this one was, was this one written and? This one was written actually at the same time as Motri. Okay. I wrote them like together. Like if you listen to the original songs, like on my phone, Seashell, the one that's coming out, was also written on my phone, but mm -hmm. only like a couple parts of it, and I ended up changing so much of it. Um, but I wrote them at around the same time, and they actually kind of have similar sounds if you listen to the original ones, which I think are inter mm -hmm. is interesting, and that's why I wanted to release it because obviously people like them too. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hopefully people. So you're saying they sounded similar initially on your phone, but now they. Oh they, yeah, they, no, they, now they're completely okay. different. Cool. But I feel like they're in the same vibe. Like they could be in the same drawer mm -hmm. if if you open a drawer mm -hmm. and they were in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So could, did you wanna did you wanna give any hints or things as to what it's about or the inspiration for it? Yeah, I feel like I can or... talk about it because I already talked about how what Montreux is about, mm -hmm. and they were written around the same time. So similarly, it's not about the same thing. It's not about like how you feel like right when you meet someone. It's more. It's more like, like once you've been with someone, for a little. And you, you already like them, but then you like, you know, like when you get like weak at the knees. Have you ever felt time, that? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like kind of about like that feeling when you just like are so infatuated with someone that like you can't even like stand up. Mm -hmm. Like you like you like you need to be carried. Like you need to be whisked away. So it's kind of like the, so if. It, like stage two of the relationship. Yeah, if Montreux is like the beginning, like the first feelings, like that one's kind of like more like cheeky, yeah, yeah. like not too like serious. It's kind of like more like hee hee, like playing around. Mm -hmm. And then this one's more like, you know, like, oh, I actually like have deep feelings for this person. Yeah, this feeling's lasting mm -hmm. and. And I, I see this going somewhere. Like I have yeah, dreams. Yeah, you're settling this, yeah. in and it feels good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, it's definitely. That sounds like another happy song. Oh, yeah, always <laughs> happy. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited. We can either talk about the producing music world and, and navigating that, or we can... Go from star signs back to it. Oh, yeah, we can... <laughs> yeah, let's jump to star signs. You seem yeah, excited. Yeah, I, I so, like astrology. It's fun. Okay. So what, I guess, before you guess my, my stuff, <laughs> I'm curious as to how much... 
So when you when you like astrology, how much do you utilize it on your day to day, and how much do you how much stock do you put into? I'm not a that? horoscope person. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who like will read my horoscope and be like, oh my god, like no, like I don't care. My horoscope can say I'm gonna die today, and like I'm like that's bullshit. Uh-huh. Um, but it's more about like I consider astrology sort of like a math because it is like an exact precise measurement of the stars when you're born and. I just Mm. like observing how it affects people. It's almost Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. a research study within my own brain as far as like how many connections can I make? How much can this make sense? But it's not like a worldview, you know? I don't know if astrology is it. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or if it's like, you know, like... Yeah. I know like the, the theories of what makes it true. Like I know like people's different interpretations of why they think astrology is true but personally I just haven't been moved to the point where I am like astrology is like my religion like no I don't I'm I still believe in God and I believe in astrology but I believe in them like separately so astrology is kind of like a like a fun side yeah it's like a hobby it's like a girly hobby that I have okay (laughs) all right so you want to guess you you said you want to guess your star sign guess my star sign okay should I get like three guesses? That seems fair. Sure. Three guesses. Sure. Okay. Scorpio. Why? Why? Um, you're wearing all black. The long hair. That those are my only two reasons why. Okay, long hair is new for me <laughs> this year. If that helps. I like it. I like the bun. Um, and all black is new for me today. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, no, it's not. You are wrong. I'm wrong. Okay. Mm, try to. Capricorn. Nope. Why? Why? <laughs> you seem organized. Or like, if not organized, like, determined. Mm-hmm. And Capricorns have like, you know, they like, um, they're not like, or like, as organized as like Virgo, but they're like, they are an earth sign and they're more like, I feel like I, I get earth sign energy from you. Okay. okay. And so that's why I said Capricorn. And I feel like you're not a Virgo, but maybe you are. That's my last guess, Virgo. Yeah. <gasps> yes! <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was so wrong the first two times. But it, my third guess. Yeah, I'm I'm Virgo. It's true. I'm my best friend's a Virgo. She's really happy behind the camera right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I I do feel like organization is a high priority for me. Right, I it's got huge. that from you. It's huge. I got so that. So I was really upset when I forgot my lens today. Oh, it's okay. Lucas like is I... here. Lucas saved us. Yeah, no, it all works out. Yeah. Okay, so. All right, so now that you've got that first layer of... Uh, you're a Virgo. Yeah. So, what, so uh, now I need to do your chart to find out your other stuff. All right, do we phone? have your phone? Looking for phone? your phone. Just give me one of yours. I'll give it back later. <laughs> We're getting a phone from <laughs> someone off, off camera here. <laughs> phone delivery. Just deleting, ASAP, just deleting a bunch of I'm, history. Well, let's do it. I'm whoa! <laughs> I'm literally just going to Astro Cafe. Astro Cafe is my favorite website mm. because it gives you everything. It gives you the aspects. Mm. It gives you um, just like everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at reading like the chart where it has all the lines in it. I I, I just like looking at the signs and stuff. Okay. So Eddie, right? Yeah. And your birthday is? Uh, my birthday, September 19th. Is September. that? Yeah. Yeah. 
in what year? Oh no, we're getting, we're getting. I, I won't pay attention, <laughs> I promise. I just need to put it in. You can put it in. All right. <laughs> if he's going to steal my information. Never ask a lady her age or her weight. That's a good rule. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else do I have to put in? Birth? Birth time and location. <clears throat> All right, so if you want to explain the science here. The science. Well, okay. Of date, location, and how all that works from your understanding. It has to be like exact. Like, okay, so the thing about what most people misconceive about astrology is they take it for face value as far as like only sun sign astrology. You know, like I'm a Virgo, so this. I'm a blah, 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 so this. Mm -hmm. But really, um, your sun sign only makes up like 10% of your personality because it only represents the ego. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the rest of the signs represent like other parts of you. And so it's always important to know the other signs that could be in your chart because that will help you understand yourself better. I guess the reason I, the science behind it is just understanding yourself better. I feel like it's like, it does sort of like, once you learn like a little thing about yourself like that, it, like it's it's like oh like mm -hmm. it's 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 insightful. It's nice to know. All right, so we have my information plugged in. You're scrolling yes, through. I'm scrolling through. I see that your Mercury is in Libra, mm. and off camera, I guess that you are a Libra. So <laughs> I think that makes sense. Um, so what each okay. of the planets represent is like like I said, a different part of your personality. So if the Sun is the ego, the Moon is more like emotions and like drives as far as like oh I'm hungry now or like things like that not necessarily like emotions like love but more like day-to-day -day, like your needs your your uh. emotional drives on a day-to-day -day basis Mercury represents like your communication and your intellect um, Venus represents like love and relationships and then Mars is kind of like not only like your work ethic but also kind of it's like your aggression too and then Jupiter is like your ability to grow. And then the other planets, even though they are important, they only move like generationally. So they're mm -hmm. called generational mm -hmm. planets, Saturn and, well, Saturn moves more often than other planets, but Uranus and all the way down because um, every like 10 years or eight years they move. So they affect, they're said to affect like groups of people instead mm -hmm. of like, and they, they like the Gen Z generation is like Aquarius Sagittarius down here. Um, okay. and so that's why a lot of them are like really artsy or they like creating things with their hands or, um, they're outspoken and they're very like, um, they have a lot of, um, ideas and opinions because mm -hmm. both Sagittarius and Aquarius are like the most opinionated. Mm -hmm. So that's why I feel like gen like the most recent generation is like that. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. But you are, you have mostly like Capricorn and stuff for your outer planet. So that would be like more of that, like organization, like getting your life together kind of focuses rather than like straight up activism. Not that you can't be, you can still be, you know, have be active and, and show activism through like being reliable and dependable and like mm -hmm. things like that. You yeah. know, does that make sense? That feels like it's exactly me. Yeah. It feels right. Feels good. Yeah, it feels good. Because you have mad earth sign energy, bro. Thank you. Are you stubborn? No, oh, 100% stubborn, yeah. You have a Taurus moon, so that's why. Okay. Taurus moons are the most stubborn. They're the most stubborn. I am the most stubborn. Yeah. But you see, you seem, like, easy to get along with, and that's the thing about Taurus moons is, like, 
they're stubborn about certain things that have to do with like you know their beliefs or their personal like worth ideas things like that but as far as just like having a conversation with someone they're really easygoing like they're mm-hmm. not gonna just fight somebody mm-hmm. they're not confrontational they're not seeking yeah they're yeah, not, yeah no but they do defend themselves yeah. like they will defend themselves and your rising is Sagittarius, which is the same as mine, mm. actually. And so Sagittarius risings are actually, like, there's a lot of them in the celebrity world because they're very, like, they're more extroverted. They're, they tend to be more extroverted. Not necessarily, like, in personality, but in action. They tend to, like, do things that involve entertaining people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have this podcast, and for me, I do music and things like that. Sagittarius risings usually like being like making people laugh or like make you know making mm, people react to them mm. in different ways and so yeah that's interesting that we have the same rising sign mm. um let's see oh wow your sun mercury and mars are all in your 10th house which means that like your work is very important to your identity mm. very important it's my own it's all my identity. it is your identity exactly that's what this says okay girl. okay <laughs> Um, let's see. All right. So what, what was that again? The, which? Your sun sign, your Mercury sign. Sun. And your Mars sign. So that's okay. how you communicate, your ego, and the things you do. Your actions all are, like, are work. Like, they're based around work. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? They're based around your career. Not necessarily, like, work like literally like tedious work, but your career and where you see it going, that's kind of where you put not only most of your intellectual and mental power, but also parts of your identity and most mm-hmm. of your action. Mm-hmm. That's what that says. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's good. I like it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah. Sorry, you're still looking through it. Yeah, sure there's different things. Yeah. You have a lot of cardinal signs, which is really good. That means you're like more of a go-getter. Um, cardinals tend to be leaders they tend to be the ones getting things started while mutable um, sorry fixed signs like carry out the work and then mutable signs uh, are good at finishing things but they're also good at like um, being put in any situation and adapting they're like the most adaptable Mm. and so you have a mix of mostly cardinal but also some fixed signs so that's like not only do you know how to start something but you know how to work on it too but I see that finishing things could be a little bit hard because you don't have much of that mutable energy. You st- you finish things? I finish everything. That's good. That's so, good. But the, yeah, so that's, at least that's how I feel about the stuff. Like, yeah. I commit and then I, I follow through and then I put it out into the world and yeah. I don't really have any issue with that. But, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because you have that. What's most important is the creation of the idea and the follow through. That's what creates the thing that you're making. Though it's more of like... Do you have trouble, like, being adaptable and, like, being put in a random situation and just, like, like not having any of your regular resources but just trying to, like, figure it out? <clears throat> or is that do you have like, Do you have a... Like, an example? Yeah, an example Like, of if that. you were, like, I, uh, okay. dropped uh-huh. in Africa and they were, like, we need you to film lions but you don't have a camera... And you just have to like figure it out. Like, what would that give you an instant anxiety attack, or would you be like, ah, cool, new thing for me to do? I feel like I'm not a fan of those situations. Yeah, because it's like there's so much that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't like that either. That would freak me out. Yeah, like, some but, people are like they're all about that. Yeah, because I guess I guess the thing that I was kind of thinking is like when I work on set, let's say, 
I'm often working with a group of people that I've never worked with before, mm-hmm. I've never met before, mm-hmm. but I'm still being plopped in a situation that I know, yeah, I know, know the guidelines, yeah. I know what we're doing, it's just different people, yeah. and just being able to get along with everybody and work smoothly yeah. is yeah. important, but the scenario where it's not a film set, <laughs> yeah. kinda, it kind of changes. Well, like where everything's it, out of it your It takes control. away, like, that's, yeah, it takes away hmm. what I am comfortable with and what I do know, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, let's see what else they have here. In the stars. I see that your sun is trying with your moon. So that would just mean that your ego is comfortable with your, like, wants and needs. People who have, like, a bad relationship between their sun and moon tend to be really distant from their needs and not know what they want. Mm. While people who have a good relationship between their sun and their moon know what they want. Mm. Um, Your sun is in conjunction to your Mars, which is similar to that sun and moon thing where you are comfortable with what you do. You're comfortable with the things that you carry out and they fit your ego and like who you are. Like they, it doesn't like, mm-hmm. but your sun is square Uranus, which that's like where like we're opposite. Cause for me, my sun is trying with Uranus. Mm. So what that basically means, like you are more of a rule follower while I am more of a rule breaker. Mm. Mm. Which is, I know I'm a rule breaker. I don't know if you're a rule follower, though. I feel, I feel like I probably am more so. Than a rule breaker. Trying to, a rule yeah, trying to, trying to excel within the guidelines that are set versus yeah. breaking out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which that is, like, way more dependable. Like, you know, you're way less likely to get arrested than I am. But, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it makes sense in terms of even, let's say, our, our creative paths mm. where... I feel like as a, and I guess you can speak this as far as the producing and stuff. Yeah. When you're trying to get get yourself out there as a solo artist. Yeah. It feels like it's probably almost more likely to go via the breaking versus yeah. the. Yeah, so like thinking outside of the box Versus more. putting something out that everybody's heard a billion times before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. It, it definitely is like for what you do, it's good to have kind of like you do technical things and it's important to know Mm -hmm. the details while for me I struggle with those kind of things like I'm really only good with like abstract creative ideas and things like that I'm not really good with like tangible like I wasn't really good in school and stuff Mm -hmm. but I'm Mm -hmm. I I I did understand everything that I was learning I just wasn't good at like actually doing the work like actually physically doing my homework actually physically going to class like things like that yeah but Um, yeah, no, I think it does reflect on our creative styles as far as, like, I feel like I'm always forced to think outside the box, and I feel like even if I do try to do things in a perfect way, like, by the book, I still end up not where I want because I only feel like I get what, like, that, like, you know, that really good Mm -hmm. stuff if I'm, like, really just, like, scrambling and desperate Mm -hmm. and thinking outside of the box. That's why I feel like I'm a procrastinator and things like that because I feel like that last day before the thing is due, I just have so much, like, creative energy. You have a hard time summoning it ahead of time Mm -hmm. on your own. Like, Mm -hmm. you need that. It's sporadic. You need that push. It comes and goes, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely how my, like, inspiration is in general or just, like, my energy um, and work. How do, how do you balance that with setting setting these timelines for your for your endeavors? How does how does procrastination yeah. play into? How does procrastination play? I'm going to produce my own thing. Well, yeah, I think if it was just me, like I'm someone who I'm mm. I'm organized when I have people to hold me accountable, 
But when it's just me, like, I'm not good at holding myself accountable. I'm not very intrinsically motivated. I mean, I'm intrinsically motivated to make my art, but I'm not intrinsically motivated to stay organized. Mm -hmm. That's more of like extrinsic motivations as far as like my mom telling me to clean my room or my mom telling me to check my emails, <laughs> like literally, which I know is like, like messy. But um, I do like something that I do is like, okay, I know I have to do something. I know I have a timeline. I know I need this done by this day. Mm -hmm. I will talk to my best friend and I will be like, make sure I do this, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. just, like, bug me, text me, make sure I'm doing it, and it helps me, like, it's what gets me to do it, because otherwise, I would just, like, be by myself, like, on my phone, like, what do I have to do today? Oh, I don't think I have to do anything, like, I'm just gonna right. chill. So, and, and that works for you for now? That works for now, yeah, and I do, like, keep planners and schedules and stuff, like, I have to do that kind of stuff, because I do miss appointments yeah. if I don't, like, I can't just keep it all in my head. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would say it's been really hard producing because of my kind of disorganized way of doing things because I recently got Ableton, which is like um, mm. music producing software, mm -hmm. but it's like nicer. It's like, you know, um, and I remember opening it for the first time and just being like, like instant anxiety, looking at all of these different like things I could do on the software, like not knowing anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I like literally taught myself this year how to produce basically with my most recent song. I I obviously wrote it and then I, I had some help with the instrumentation, but then my producer actually gave up on it, the song. Um, so I had to finish it myself, which I, had no pride like I don't I didn't have yeah, any yeah. of the tools to do that I literally had to download software just to do that um and I did it's what I ended up doing and it took me like a couple months to I did the vocals myself um I like mixed it a little bit I added like a bunch of like I just added stuff um and I was I don't know I was really proud of myself because I went from like making stuff on my phone and I was even like when I was doing that I was really confused about like I just did not know a thing about producing to where I am now where it's like I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still an amateur. No, for sure. But I, I'm i definitely a lot more confident in like I feel like I could like make a song on my computer now. Yeah, I think it's very, that's, okay. Like I feel like it's a very empowering thing is, yeah. is being able to, if you needed to, to get it done yourself yeah. is a great position to be in. Yeah. It's like I had to. I had no choice. Yeah, so how, okay, like. You said the song was the manager or the producer. The producer, came. like, he helped with the instrumentation, so he kind of helped me change the sound a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we even restructured it. But, like, midway through, he was like, this is taking too long. Like, he has a lot of other stuff yeah, going on. Yeah. And, like, I, at first I was kind of really, like, offended. But then I realized, like, you know, this is my thing. I got to do this. I can't, like expect somebody else to help me like I'm going to help myself mm -hmm. so yeah that's what's like spurred the whole yeah it was more of a, a time commitment issue than not believing in, in you yeah and the, he did had he music. had put a lot of work into it but what ended up happening was we I had to restructure the whole thing like I ended up not liking where it went mm -hmm. um working with him so I did I like went back to like earlier versions of the songs and like just worked on it and made it what it is now but it okay. even after it left his and he gave it to me, it sounded completely different than what it does now. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there was a, she had a lot of different 
form. She had a lot of revisions. Definitely the song that I've had the most revisions with. Mm -hmm. I've re rewritten like the verses so many times. Yeah, it was just yeah. stressful. So how do you, how does that, how does that work? How does that go? Uh, how do you know if it's the writing? How do you know if it's the sound? Like what, mm. how does that kind of ebb and flow? Like how did I know I needed to fix it or how did I? Yeah, like when you, I guess, Okay, like I could assume, like when I'm watching one of my edits of a like of, sh of a short film, and I'm mm -hmm. like something's something's not working here. Yeah. And I have to think about, all right, is it because I don't have the the final sound mix done? Is it because mm -hmm. it's not colored yet? Is it because the pacing is off? Is it because I don't like the performance? Like there's a lot of elements that go into why I need to make the t why I need to make a tweak, but it's kind of hard to discern what's wrong with it and what I can actually do to fix it mm. so how did I figure that so, out and yeah. I guess like your thing is it's so especially if you're producing it yourself I feel like it's just so wide open mm -hmm. to where you can fix anything because because yeah. you There's created so everything things. yeah no that was like a the, huge anxiety of it yeah. just yeah. like sitting there with all of it being like what do I even do like but no I'm someone who's like I will listen to a song on the radio mm -hmm. Or I will watch a movie and like if something stands out to me as just like wrong, like I didn't like that, I can pinpoint exactly what it was and why I didn't like it. I'm very good mm. at discerning, like especially with music because I have, I am an avid music listener. I would say that's a good start for anyone who wants to get into music is just like listen to music all day and it really does help you get more of an understanding of how music works, um, especially if you're like a an audio learner like you learn by listening mm -hmm. to things mm -hmm. which I'm not really I'm more of like a visual person so that's why producing is a little bit easier like for me if I listen just listen to the song you miss stuff I'm like I don't even know what I didn't like but when I'm looking at it yeah. when I'm I can see I can like replay the same part over and over again and I can hear what I don't like and so that is something I've learned that I love about production is you can it is a lot easier to pinpoint you can isolate things you can you can it's it, it's easier to fix stuff mm -hmm. than I would say like with a painting if you mess it up it's like this just looks wrong how do I fix it, it just looks wrong versus like a song it's all these different parts and you just have to make sure each part is good and then that they blend well together mm -hmm. um, but yeah it definitely was a learning process there was a learning curve I did fail a lot and there was a lot of versions of the song that just sounded bad and I kept listening to it and I would just cry because I was like I'm spending so much time on this and it's so bad but eventually I was just like no like just fucking do it just fucking yeah, fix yeah, it yeah. and I did it just took forever it literally took like a whole year to mm -hmm. fix but I did I fixed it well congratulations <laughs> thank you <laughs> no it's tough to push through those moments especially yeah. I, I guess like that's that's what I think about with creatives a lot and, and creating uh is there's there's a tendency to i guess especially when you listen to music a lot and that's what you're doing and you and you hear final products all day mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then your thing like i could equate it to film mm -hmm. where early filmmakers jump in and make a thing expecting it to be like a like a, a spielberg final product <laughs> yeah. where it's like why why does this not look like a movie mm -hmm. and it's like well you're it's a technical thing and you gotta, gotta kind of learn and grow and make the mistakes and yeah. eventually maybe you'll get there yeah so but it's a process um, yeah, it's a yeah. Process, it so. is a process of learning and failing and trying again and not giving up because like yeah I could have given up on it at any point but I was like 
I did already put so much of my heart into it. And like I do think of my art as like my children. I would say that's like the closest mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm. I can like say that my relationship with the things I create is. It's like sometimes I'm disappointed with them. <laughs> But I never fully like hate them. Like I can never really hate what I create because I'm just like, I created it. And if I hate what I create, then I hate myself. And I don't want to hate myself. So mm -hmm. I, it is kind of like, it turns into like a mental spin of like, once I start hitting my art, then I start doubting myself too. And it's like, I wish I could like separate them. I wish I could like, even if my art is going terribly mm. and I'm making terrible things that I could still feel confident. But I just have such this like, mentality of I have to love what I make. I have to think it's good. I don't care if anyone thinks it's good, but I do. Right, I have to right. Think it's good. No, 100%. Yeah. Making it, I guess, I guess, okay, who do you make your music for is the question. Is that, yeah. is it, is it for you? I would say it is for, it is for me more than anybody, but be, it is for me in the way that I wanted to create something that I hadn't I feel like isn't there mm -hmm. yet, that I feel like is missing or that I feel like I could do originally and make work um, because there's like almost like a niche and a need for it because I haven't found it. Mm -hmm. Because I, I am someone who like, I will dig and dig and dig for like underground music that I love. I just like want to find like really weird songs and I want, and I, I just want to like them. And so I wanted to add to that as far as like, I wanted to give people something that they have to look for. That's a little bit underground, mm -hmm. but once mm -hmm. they find it, that hopefully they're like, wow, this is a treat. Like this is a surprise. Like I didn't think it would be right. like this. You yeah. know, yeah, because people like kind of put me in a box of like, you're just like an indie like ukulele. Like, none of my songs ha even have me playing a ukulele. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I don't know. I feel like I do get put into that box. But I do want to create stuff that's like bigger than that. You know, bigger mm -hmm. than just like a genre name. I don't think I create for a genre. I try I'm trying to create like a new genre. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel that. Yeah. 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 I guess like I was thinking about. When pe okay, I don't know where to. We can go different directions here, mm -hmm. but I don't. I don't have too big of a relationship with music, mm -hmm. but I. I am a fan of creatives and those hustling to get stuff out and yeah. like making. Like I'm a big fan of that. Uh, when people ask me about, I, I, I'll talk about my favorite band. <laughs> Wait, what was your favorite band? It's I'm I'm wearing the shirt. Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Lincoln Park. Okay. Because um, you kind of talked about the genre bending and, mm -hmm. and kind of yeah. pushing out of like, like, a specific like the box, box. stuff. Yeah. And that's what I loved about this particular band mm -hmm. growing up was mm -hmm. they started out as what most people think of them as like the hard rock kind of like new metal yeah. feel. Mm -hmm. And then they made like what, seven albums or something. And through, right. through the way, they're always challenging me with, with like they were challenging themselves creatively to make yeah. stuff that fulfilled them because they had already done the thing. Yeah, that they wanted. And, and yeah. now it's like, what's what's coming next? And me as a as a fan listening, being challenged by an artist to be like, wait, this isn't the same sound they made last time. Yeah. There's almost an initial like, I don't like it. Yeah. And but being that I trusted the individuals and the creatives involved, they kind yeah. of followed along with it and learned to kind of like, oh, that's actually really cool. Yeah. And that them continuing to evolve kind of helped me evolve as as a listener so yeah. i feel like that's when you were speaking i was like oh that's that sounds like a great place because it's like what 
my favorite my favorite yeah. people yeah no i think the best people are versatile mm -hmm. i think the best artists are versatile and can do more than one thing yeah it kind of upsets me when i like there were bands that i was listening to back when i was first getting introduced to lincoln park mm -hmm. and i'll still i'll listen to their newer stuff i'm like you sound exactly the same 15 years later this is weird how have you how are you still fulfilled <laughs> And like that kind of yeah. stuff. But, so I don't know. Yeah, how they keep it going, how they keep the creative. Yeah. Like, going. How, how much have you thought about the, the long game or, or what that, not to, I, not to yeah. stress you out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the future. Um, no, I definitely have thought about it as far as like, and um, I don't see myself as the next like Ariana Grande, you know? I don't see myself as like this huge pop star that's just going to take over the world. But. What I do want to create is like a community and a platform that well is welcoming to everybody that anybody can come into and enjoy and feel like I said, positivity, mm -hmm. things like that. But not only that, a platform where I can share any form of art, whether it be music, whether it be some design that I designed, whether it be a movie, that I'm making or mm -hmm. a music video, mm -hmm. you know, like any, I want an avenue to display all my different artistic interests and things like that. Um, and also like my own personal philosophies. And I want to be able to create a platform in which people can share that with me and in which I can share that with people and they can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Because that, I feel like that would make me feel fulfilled. No matter how big that platform is, like I don't care if I'm not selling out a stadium. like. As long as the people who are there are like down for me and are like down for what I'm making, like, and I'm able to mm -hmm. be successful enough to carry on what I'm doing, like, even like a like as a nonprofit business, like I don't care if I'm like going to be rich, but I just want to be able to keep, keep on what I'm doing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay, I like it. Yeah, I would say that's my philosophy on it because mm -hmm. I think like being fame thirsty or money thirsty is always going to be an issue for people. Yeah, that'll that'll. Put you, that'll have you making decisions that aren't really true to you because yeah. you're creating for something else. That yeah. It's like intangible. Out. And it's also like can go away at any second. Okay. You know, I could get famous in a day, but then I could get canceled or I could get a bunch of money in a day and then lose all of it. Mm -hmm. or like, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's just all, like life's crazy. I don't want to depend on some specific path that I'm going to go down because it's probably not going to go that way, you know? Kind of yeah, being like, flexible, being open. Yeah. I'm all about that. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Are we missing, what, what, are, what can I ask, what, was there anything? I'm asking off-camera folk. <laughs> um, you could talk about, I don't know, being Playing clarinet, being in band in high school. Did you talk about Closure Green? Did you just yeah, I didn't talk about. I forgot because I forgot. We all met in orchestra. Yeah, I met my old band like in my orchestra. All right, so these are. Are we talking about the beginnings? Beginnings. Mm -hmm. Is this okay? You talked about. Hey, let's make a band. You're in my band now. Yeah. Is that the Is that the beginning that we're talking? Yeah, that, around that time, because I was in orchestra playing clarinet, and all the people that I had asked, "Hey, do you want to be in a band?" were people that I knew play instruments because mm -hmm. I was in orchestra with them. It wasn't just like random people, you know. And so, I would say we all had an interest in music already. It wasn't just like, you know, spur of the moment. But I didn't think that me learning clarinet. And like learning how to read music would ever help me, but it definitely did. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely the reason where I am now. And I do owe my band teachers a lot. Mm. Even though they would yell at me because I was really bad. 
Girl, I was bad at the clarinet. I did not practice. I never brought my clarinet home. Mm-hmm. And people were like, Tori, like, why don't you practice? And, and I'm then, like... And then mine was this. This was high school, high school. you said. Did you guys... Were at, okay, because I went to uh, school. I'm from Reno. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they forced us, I think, in sixth grade to pick an instrument. Oh, really? I don't they know. forced I don't you? know if that was... No, I chose to join orchestra. I had a, like a choice between and orchestra. Was there anything prior to high school that you were... Oh, that the, I had exposed to music? Yeah, yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I, I think in fifth grade they made you play like the recorder or something. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. That's like a one-day event. No, it was like I. They had like recorder classes at my school. Okay. <laughs> like you had to learn songs and get like belts yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was. I guess that was the first instrument I learned. Um, and then yeah, I told. I already talked about like my parents already like being really interested in music. Yeah, I guess I was curious about them too. Were they Were they still going out and and doing performances? Or not like when I was a kid. When my yeah. sister was a kid, yes. Um, you have an older sister. I have an older sister. Yeah, she's like thirty-one now. She's really old now. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, thirty years ago, my parents were doing that, but now they're not. So you didn't? Okay, because I was curious about some of the some of the drive to to do it yourself. I thought maybe that you had the experience of watching them. In, I, in their element but I, I, I definitely have because they like they play music like they do it for fun around the house like they'll have mm-hmm. their friends come over and they'll play music like really bad blues and rock music but sure it's it's good I enjoy <laughs> watching yeah I sometimes sing with them we sing journey songs mm, that's cute it's kind of embarrassing that's awesome <laughs> okay all right so you all right, so that was that was your high school experience mm-hmm. with the clarinet. Oh yeah. And uh, I guess I guess my only experience, just to get it out there, is was my sixth grade experience where I guess they had us choose between strings and band, is was mm-hmm. what would you call it, or I guess chorus oh, yeah, was an singing. option too. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm not a singer. Like I don't I don't want to that I want to hide. So, <laughs> um, I. I think I was playing uh, at that time a Nintendo 64 game that inspired me to pick an instrument. And it was like Donkey Kong 64. They have like, spe- each each character had their own instrument mm-hmm. that they could use and it was kind of dumb. That's so cute. But uh, I picked the trombone. And, oh, uh, yeah. It was one of those weird trombone dudes. Well, I kind of <laughs> wanted to play a brass. Like, they, they, like brass instruments seem cool. Mm-hmm. Woodwinds kind of suck. I kind of wish I played the trumpet or something. Or mm. trombone's cool too. Trumpet's the cooler one. Trump, trumpet is pretty it, cool, yeah. Trombone is just like it was me and this other weird dude. Like it was just the weird guys <laughs> uh-huh. playing trombone. <laughs> weird trombone guys. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> no, you. I, it's okay. <laughs> At least you didn't grow to become a weird trombone guy. Yeah. You don't still yeah. carry your trombone. Yeah. So I did the one year and the kind of that was. I I did not enjoy the experience. <laughs> Like, I hate the whole spit thing and, like, the oh, whole cleaning thing. Oh, yeah, the spit valve. That's disgusting. I don't... People just empty it it's on just the a floor. Weird, it's just a weird thing. It's nasty. Yeah, yeah. This, the woodwinds had, didn't have a spit valve, but they would get, like, wet inside. And then, like, you would have to, like, suck on this wooden thing. Right, right. It was gross. I didn't like it. But it was fun. And I definitely, like, I think about all the people I was in orchestra with, and I'm, sometimes I'm like... I should call them for this song. Like, I, I want, like, this instrument here. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think it was nice to, like, meet a bunch of instrumentalists because if I need a trumpet, like, I know a couple yeah, of trumpet cool. players. So, yeah, it's definitely a nice um, 
It also helped me meet different, like, I, I've, like, sang backup vocals for mm-hmm. different people. And it helped me meet them and helped me meet just, like, random music people who want to collaborate yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, that's nice. Cool. <laughs> and then and then we talked about it a little bit, but I was curious to to maybe get some inspirations on new music. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't spend a lot of time exploring. I used to do it way, like, earlier in my music searching career yeah but like uh finding those underground artists and just listening to music all day i don't i don't do that as much anymore so do you have what do you what excites you i guess like right now or 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 before what's your what are your go-to artists yeah like like, what do you yeah what am i listening to sure i have a playlist right now that is kind of different from what i've been listening to mostly this year this year i've been listening to like a lot of like oldies and like 80s music a lot of 80s music Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but i've transitioned from that to my what i'm listening to now which is more like just like current stuff that's been coming out now and there's this new artist that i'm really obsessed Mm. with um he he's have you seen stranger things yeah okay you know the tall guy steve yeah he has a music career and it's um, his songs are so good okay i believe like i i let finn wolfhard or whatever he, Mm -hmm. he does music too but his is like weird like garage indie like not good steve from stranger things his like name on spotify is djo it's just like dejo i don't know how to pronounce it Mm -hmm. um but they're just so good they're like dreamy they're like danceable there's like new sounds that i've never Mm -hmm. heard before like they just really like spark my interest and then other than that i've been listening to a band called the loving and they kind of do like mostly like acoustic stuff mm-hmm. um and then they they like um their songs are about like philosophy and stuff they're really deep my favorite song from them is like if i am only my thoughts and it's just about like existing only in your brain mm-hmm. and it's just like really like they talk about stuff where, like when i'm high i'm just like this is so good <laughs> but yeah no i guess that those two deep de- de- and DJ the loving okay. are mostly those are your top two right, right now. now. Yeah, because they're nice. very dreamy. They take me to like different worlds. Yeah, yeah. That that's my favorite kind of music. Dreamy like yeah. music. Yeah. yeah. Would you? Is that? So I'm trying to think about your the three three singles that you dropped earlier. Uh, would how would you describe those? I would say Montreux is the only like dreamy one. Uh-huh. Um, Saturday is more like. Just like I don't know, it's like I guess like rock, but that's like gross. I don't want to call it I that. I don't feel like it's rock. Or like it's like it's like pop. It's just pop. Okay. I said rock because it has a guitar and like live drums. Yeah. Uh, and the other two don't. Um, but yeah, that one's more like. But I guess it's, it's kind of like the cool thing is like it's hard to describe. Yeah. So that's that's kind of. I usually put like a lot of tags on them, like alternative indie. Like I just put everything. Just like, all you know, of them. someone will find this. Yeah. And enjoy yeah. It. Yeah. But then Burn, I would say, is just, like, pop. That's just, like, pop shit. I mm-hmm. wanted to release it and just have it be, like, danceable, bop, like, pop shit. Mm-hmm. But no one wants to dance to it. It's fine. Stream Burn. Please. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall I get... Show, you want to jump to some random topics? Yeah, or? I'm super down. I want to uh, look at the rest of your chart, too. The rest of my chart? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. do that. See what we're missing. Yeah. So I'm just pulling up my 
All right. I'll, yeah, I'll see what you what you what you find there really quick. But I was kind of curious, being that I guess we're jumping back to astrology really quick. How often? How often do your do those readings kind of go south for you? Where you're like describing it to somebody, and you're all stoked about, it. oh, you got this, and then you you look at them and they're like, that's not me at all. No, like, yeah, that's that happens, especially like if they give you a wrong birth time just to mess with you. And that's mm, happened to me. Well, that's, like that's cheating, though. That is cheating. I know. And then they watch you like read it, and they're like, yeah, no, that's not right because it's the wrong time. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I would say part of it is like. Like, I do palm reading and different things like that, too. Part of it is kind of a intuition about people. I do feel like I have an intuition about people. I feel like I can go into a room with people, look someone in the eyes, and, like, mm. describe them pretty well. Like, describe mm. them as much as I can, and, like, it's usually pretty accurate. And so with astrology, sometimes I'll say things that aren't even, like, if I'm, like, trying to get someone, not with you, for example, because with you, your chart was pretty st straightforward and easy to read, but some people will have, like, really chaotic charts, and I don't know what to say. I'm like, mm. I don't even know what any of this means, because I, especially, like, earlier this year, like, I've been doing more research on astrology, but before then, I was kind of, like, an amateur. I still am an amateur. I'm still learning, but sure, sure. Um, sometimes I'll say things just that I know is true about the person, even if, and I'll, like, relate it to something in astrology, but it's not really me getting okay. it from the astrology. It's me knowing something about them that they didn't tell me but it's just because i'm into it you can feel it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it seems like a, a classic like psychic trick too yeah you know but no it works <laughs> it works. i don't consider myself a psychic but one time someone asked me if i was a psychic and it was because they were walking behind me and i opened the door for them and i didn't look i didn't turn around and look at them i just knew they were behind me but it was because i heard them yeah, it's and not like hard. I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw them in the reflection in the door or something. Like I just, I don't know. They were like, That's "Are you cool, a psychic?" Though. And I was like, "No, I just opened the door." I'm just, being, I'm just being polite here. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so ran random topic change. This What's is that? a hard transition to. Do you want to talk about? <laughs> I have right here game nights, and friendships in LA. Game nights. I I'm I'm a fan of game nights, but <laughs> hosting them in Los because I've I'm about to hit my two year mark of oh, living, living of living That's in crazy. in L A, and uh, I don't think I've hosted one game night because it's impossible to do. Yeah, I yeah I've hosted maybe two. So you do game nights too? I do. I have done a game night, but it was I think a game night. I think it was maybe two because <laughs> I used to have like a more like cohesive friend group. Yeah, more that reliable I would, like, chunk. Invite to things, but now it's like okay. Yeah, it's like now it's like I I feel weird inviting people over unless it's for something work related because people are so isolated right mm -hmm. now, and I don't I feel bad like people thinking they're exposed by just seeing me. I don't want people to think that they're being unsafe. By like going to my game night. So. Are you talking about like now? Yeah, if I were oh, to throw Oh, no, one for night. sure. That's not a good yeah. idea. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in the before times. No, yeah, the before times, I I would say, yeah, most of my friends were from high school. And then when I when I started getting distant mm -hmm. from all those people in high school, I, I've struggled to make more friends. So you, you grew up here? Mm -hmm. What You've lived in the LA area my forever? Yeah, I was okay. born here. Um, I... My first house was, like, in Reseda, which is, like, a really shitty area, and now I live here. But, um, yeah, I just have, like, a regular Valley experience. But I had I had gone to private schools my whole life, I would say. That's, like, a little bit different than mm -hmm. most people around here. 
And so I think because of that, I met less people. You know, I have less of people mm. that I could reach out to because all the people I know are like Christian school kids. And you, and you can't hang out with them? Or? No, I can't <laughs> hang out with them, but some of them, you know, some of them are toxic. Some of them are very toxic. But mm. some of them are very nice and are still my friends to this day. Hmm. But, you know, uh, hypocritical Christians, you know how they can be. Sure. Sure? <laughs> no, no, have tell, you been tell to me Catholic more, Church? Tell me more. Yeah, um, yeah, I have. Well, Christians can be the worst kinds of people because they have moral superiority or they that's think very... they have moral superiority over yeah. people. But that's the least Christian thing to have. Is more superiority. Yeah, I've I've had, shucks. Yeah, no. It reminds me of one particular friend that I had, that I was friends with since like elementary school, Mm -hmm. and then he he kind of went, I'll call it hardcore Christian, in college. Yeah. It's uh, it's a scary thing. Yeah, it's just like people put their identity. Yeah, yeah. No, I I remember. (laughs) There was a particular event when I had a game night. Okay. And I think, like, he told me he didn't want to go anymore because, like, I had impure people at my party or something <laughs> like that. Like, okay. that kind of thing where yeah. it was kind of, mm-hmm. it was like, a, it's a, yeah. So when you mentioned that, that's kind of what I think about. I was like, oh, I didn't know people could actually yeah. feel that way. I've definitely but. experienced that. I've been, like, the impure person that, like, a Christian person doesn't want to hang out with. Even though it's like we have the same beliefs, I'm just not, I'm just more open about my flaws mm-hmm. than you are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think a lot of Christians get wrong is they're so private about what they do wrong that they make it seem like they don't do anything wrong and then they always judge others for doing things wrong. This is the heavy religious portion of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, it's about, it's not heavy religious because I mean, I'm not telling people to believe anything. <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure. like that. But. I just think that people can be hypocrites. That's all. No, that, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But as far as as far as growing up in in the LA area, mm-hmm. I'm curious about the experience of friendships and maintaining connection. I guess like in today's current time, 2020, yeah. it's different. It's different because yeah. it's not encouraged in general yeah. for health safety reasons. Mm-hmm. But outside of that. The, the the classic thought is it's it's difficult to have friends. Yeah. Is it is it easier that, or it almost sounds like maybe not, but that, I mean, that you're already here and you have a more solid foundation of, yeah. of people that you know. I think I wouldn't want to be raised anywhere else. Like I do mm. enjoy being in this area and I want to live here, um, and I am blessed at all like the connections I've made because there are a lot of things I couldn't have done without like, people that I'd met or, like, things like that. Sure. But um, I would say the thing about friendships in L.A. Mm-hmm. is that people really only get together for big things, you know? Like like I said, like, shows, parties, things like that. Other than that, the only times I would really ever, like, you know, like, game night or, like, hang out with people is, like, with my really close friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, people in L.A. are pretty distant. They feel, like, I feel... I feel awkward inviting someone into my space intimately after first meeting them. But the only reason I feel that way is because I know they probably do. You know, does that make sense? That they probably feel like uncomfortable, uncomfortable, like being being, accepted, not being accepted, (laughs) but being so close so fast. Like there's something about people who live in LA that there's like this aloofness and like kind of like, oh, like I might not answer your messages for like, you know, a couple months and then maybe I will. 
just sort of like this hard to schedule mm -hmm. time with people. Like people are so flaky around here. Like, I don't know. It's like kind of this air of like, yeah, like being aloof and being out of reach. I feel like a lot of people share that. And I think I share that too, as far as like, um, I'm, I'm more of like someone who reaches out. Like I'm someone who plans about things. I'm someone who invites people to mm -hmm. things. Um, and so I find that I, I don't get invited to that many things. I feel like I'm always the one inviting people to things. And so like that kind of, it's discouraging. I, no, I, I resonate with that 100%. Yeah. I feel exactly the same. I mean, that's kind of how it was even, uh, even, even outside of LA for me, like growing up in Reno, mm -hmm. I felt that if I wanted to be at a game night, I had to host a game night. Yeah, because you, know, you like, basically do. Yeah. Like, people don't do, like, cute things anymore. Yeah, so. But at the same time, it is empowering to be able to do it. and, and, and Give people a good time. And that they yeah. do enjoy, like, they enjoy the friendship more, I think, when you put, like, actual effort into hanging out. Because, like, most L.A. hangouts are, like, sit around a TV and smoke weed. Mm. Like, like, no, sometimes I want to go on a hike. Sometimes mm -hmm. I want to want to raft or go surfing or like watch or set up like this and like make a movie project mm -hmm. on it and like create a little room with lights and make it really pretty in here for us all to enjoy like things like that are things that I like doing um, but there's not that many down people in LA who are just like I mean they're down to come to your things you know and like eat your yeah, food sure. but they're not down to contribute as far as like hey let's plan the next one together or like Hey, let's have it at my house next time. You know, like there's not enough people like that. Well, I also feel like the the flakiness is kind of an issue too. Like yeah. even when you find somebody that is down to do something, it's so hard. Getting it settled in and getting it scheduled is near impossible too. Yeah, literally. So I guess like what I guess the purpose of the conversation for that is I'm thinking about other other artists that maybe don't live in LA. They're like mm -hmm. Because a lot of people's dreams is moving out here, being creative with people, creating stuff, and this is kind of yeah. like a hub to be to be yeah. seen and heard. Yeah. Um, again, not currently. <laughs> not right <laughs> now. Because that, that's kind of one of the issues. Like, none of the venues are open, so you can't yeah, you can't can't do, can't do anything. But when when it does open up, any any thoughts or advice on? I don't know if if you have any on. Uh, Somebody moving out here wanting to Start get started? Or? I would say now is not the time. Well, <laughs> but I mean, even like after, I'm saying like even after this is over, I wouldn't move to LA because I feel like it's going to be a little bit crazy before it gets normal again. Mm -hmm. like I feel like if once we're given the opportunity to, you know, people can see each other again without masks or whatever, I feel like people are going to go a little crazy. As far as, like, it'll be a little chaotic. There will be so much happening. There will be so many shows. But, like, almost too many that, like, you can't go to all of them. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I think it'll slow down and be consistent where there will be niches again for, for artists. Because the thing about artists right now is a lot of them are taking this time and utilizing it. And the artists who aren't, like, for a yeah. while, I, like, was hard on myself because I was like, damn, like, I have all this time, like, I should be doing something. And like I am doing something, but I still constantly am feeling like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. And I feel like so many artists have capitalized on this time so well that they like haven't even left much room for like like anything else. Because there's just so much new music coming out. There's so many new movies. There's like, I don't know. I feel like it, it, it kind of is like a renaissance. You know, after the plague, there was the renaissance. I feel like, you know, we had COVID yeah. and now people are like excited to make art again. Yeah. But it is kind of intimidating. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't. Are there a lot of movies coming out? Not like literal like movies coming out, but there's a lot of people making movies, and there's a lot of people writing movies, and there's a lot of people yeah. having ideas that are different because of the current situation. Not necessarily mm -hmm. that they're able to make them right now because yeah. it's really hard, yeah. but they're like going in the process to get ready to. And so that's why, for that reason, I feel like if someone was going to move into L.A., right, I feel like there's going to be so much stuff already planned to happen that where are they even yeah, going to go in? Yeah, exactly. Like, the people are planning now, you know, for when this is over. So once this is over, there's not going to be much mm -hmm. room for other people, I feel like. And you're talking specifically musicians or is this everybody kind of like in general yeah i feel like everybody i mean i feel like there might be a need for like a lot of like actors and stuff probably because if they're well, gonna yeah, start making I, mean, the I mean that's the benefit of being on the crew side is yeah. i'm excited for the moment when too many productions are happening and i'll have an excess of job opportunities yeah exactly but, but um i guess so I, so would the advice be if you are like, this is the time to prep, and this is the time to make stuff on your own, kind of mm -hmm. the way you're doing it yeah, now. Yeah, like, Regardless, have, make a portfolio. Because you can technically do it wherever you are. Yeah. It's just about the next phases of... of yeah, and I would say if you're going to move out to L.A., like, be ready to compete. That's all. 100%. Yeah. That's scary. That's the hard part. Yeah, it's a competition out here. It's cutthroat. <laughs> all right, we got, we got a little bit of time left. What should we do? You should guess my star sign. I, I don't even know what star signs are. I can't guess it. We already talked about the video. Girl, I don't want to talk about the plot yet. It's too soon. The pot? The plot of the music <laughs> oh, video. The plot. <laughs> I want people to not know the plot until they watch it. That's like the whole point. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's all good. But it is going to be beach tumbler aesthetic vibes. Beach vibes. tumbler aesthetic vibes. <laughs> I'll try to go. We just got to eat up like fifteen more minutes here, and I'll just. I, I'm on this website mm -hmm. for random questions to ask. <laughs> we should sing a song together. I don't want to sing a song. Don't make me do it. Why not? We can sing it badly together, just to like make oh, the podcast no, go out. Like, no, what if we just no. sing a song? We can, we can maybe try that. <laughs> What's it? I'll sing a Lincoln Park song with you. Well, we still have time. We, we're not at the end of the podcast yet. But I feel we'll, like there's we'll put, a 15-minute Lincoln Park song. We'll put we a pin. We'll put a pin. <laughs> All right. So question. Yes. What? This is too easy of a question, but I'll ask it anyway. Um, what makes you happiest? What makes me happiest? Seeing other people happy, I would mm. say. Or like making other people smile makes mm. me happy. Yeah. Definitely. Making people laugh and stuff. I like that. I like being funny. Makes me happy. Makes me feel important. Okay. <laughs> Good answer. I guess I was going to... So, you enjoy seeing the effect you have on other people and that kind of... So, if... Because that's actually like an issue. Not an issue. I released a short film, let's say, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I had a whole day of kind of this weird feeling of I put something out and the process is done. And there's like this post-project depression yeah, yeah, that yeah. happens. It's like, okay, it's out there. Now what? Now what? And now I'm sad. <laughs> and people are, some people are watching it and it's like, sure. Like, I don't really expect many views or whatever. It's like, you put the thing out. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. 
And then some people tell you, they reach out and they, they like it. And it's like, oh, sweet, awesome job. And I'm like, mm. it doesn't really fulfill. There's a lack of fulfillment yeah. there. Yeah. So I don't know if that if it's a similar case. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's similar. I mean, it's different on the internet because you can't see people. Yeah, that's a rough part too. Yeah, I'd say that makes it less fulfilling. But like in like when I would perform mm-hmm. and people would come up you to me. You get that immediate reaction that was a lot like sometimes i'd just like cry because people would be so nice they'd just be so nice to me and i'm like why are you being so nice like i know i didn't do that good (laughs) it's like you're lying (laughs) literally though yeah no i i feel that too it's like that's too much what's the weirdest this uh, this is probably asking you is dangerous but what's the weirdest thought you've ever had that comes to mind I have a lot of weird thoughts. Um, that doesn't have to be the weirdest. What's a weird thought? What's a weird thought that I have? Um, let me think. Um, I really I really think ants are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. Mm. Like, I think they are doing a lot of stuff underground that we can't see. <laughs> that's nice and weird i like it yeah um i i love ants i one time sat on an ant hill and i think an ant crawled up my butthole to my brain and is now controlling me mm, that's a nice other weird thought <laughs> i i i doubt that that's a possibility but it's a but i don't know i just have had you would think after sitting on an anthill i would hate ants but i like them have now. you ever had a bad experience with ants yeah i sat on an anthill well i mean that doesn't you said it, they bit me. They went everywhere. Oh, okay. They were all up in me. <laughs> all right. uh, I had a friend um, talk to me about ants recently, actually, and he was talking about how awesome their underground uh, wars are. Like, there's whole networks and they're constantly at war. Literally, there's see, like tribes. You can see the battle plans, and every ant you watch is like is doing some sort of like little thing. Like the they're whole, all so cute. I love them. I ate ants once, accidentally. Huh? I ate a waffle full of ants because I left it in my room. On this chair, actually. You, you, you left a waffle in the room. It was covered with ants. And I ate it. And but you... I didn't know it was covered in, with ants until I ate Did it. Did you have your eyes closed? No, I was just like, no, 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 I'm so hungry. It was me and my boyfriend, actually. He ate it, too. And then we looked at each other's teeth, and we both had ants in our teeth and on our tongues. And it tasted like pheromones. Okay. Ants have specific smells. Have you ever smelled like an ant Mm-mm. after you kill it in your fingers? No. It has like a specific smell. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, like you that. asked for something weird and I didn't. No, I like too. it. I like the weirdness. I like the weirdness. You I could just tell it's it's getting weird. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. Oh, here. What's your opinion on fate? That's a big fate? one. Fate? Um well, how, how in control are we? How in control are we of our lives? I mean, who knows? But as a Christian, well, I consider myself a Christian spiritually, but not like religiously. Like I don't consider myself a religious person. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But I do spiritually believe with what the Christians believe. Mm-hmm. And according to the Bible, fate, both fate and free will exist. And so that's kind of like a huge debate amongst like philosophy theologists, things like that, is what is the significance of fate and free will? What 
what, which one, how can both exist at the same time? Yeah. And I, I think they can both exist at the same time because it's not that God predestines what's going to happen to us. It's not like he chooses. We choose because we have free will, but he knows. He always knows what's going to happen. And I feel like it's that all-knowingness that makes things seem faded because it's like he knows how it's going to end up, so technically that is your fate, but you are choosing and you are exercising your free mm. will to get there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's different uh, different planes of consciousness. Yeah, it's like two separate things. It's like both time and and sound happening at the same time. I don't know. You know, it's like they're two def different things that can exist at the same time, and they both have different effects, I feel like. So I do believe in fate, but I don't believe that my life is fated to the point of where, like, I have no control over what I do. Mm -hmm. Like, I just have to let it happen. Like, I'm not going to just, like, wait around for something to happen. Like, I have to do it myself. Right. And I think every human has to do that for themselves. You know? Yeah. It's a good answer. <laughs> I, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I think it's a smart, smart route to go. Because, uh, yeah, if you wait, I mean... Waiting around is a choice, and something will happen. <laughs> yeah, something will happen. But maybe not. Probably but a lot not. of people wait around for their future to just come to them, you know? Like, it'll happen. It's destined. Like, I'm manifesting it. But part of manifesting is action as well, and, like, mental action towards mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Not just, like, wanting it. Like, yes, you want it, but you also have to be ready for it in every single way. You have to be ready to receive it. So. Okay, next is an easy question. What's up? What food do you crave more than any other? More than any other? Cornbread. Cornbread? Cornbread. Just by itself? With honey butter. Okay. I eat chicken nuggets the most, but I crave cornbread always. <laughs> <laughs> okay, chicken nuggets and cornbread. <laughs> With um, honey mustard sauce and honey butter. I like honey sauces, honey mm. flavored sauces. Mm. Sounds good. And uh, and chips. Oh, yeah. Is what you asked Toasty for cheeses. during our little break. Mm -hmm. um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see what else we got here. <laughs> what makes you... Uh, I was going to say anxious, but that's too easy. Everything. Life. Life. Waking up. <laughs> Drinking coffee. What do you want to do? What's your, uh, this is a, another weird one, but if, if not blue, what color would you want the sky to be? Wow. Wow. During the daytime, During I the guess, daytime, specifically. Yeah. I think like cream, like white almost, like how it is now. Like foggy, kind I like of that. like uh, overcast. Overcast. I do enjoy a good overcast, mm. but also pink would be cute. And super girly. Pink would be cool. <laughs> Might fuck with pink. But then it would look like a sunset all the time. And, like, you couldn't get any, like, regular pictures. That's why I would like it if it was just, like, clear. Or, like, white. Mm. What if we could just, like, see into space? Like, what if there was no sky? Well, that's called nighttime, right? <laughs> <laughs> My brain just fucking exploded. <laughs> Tea, but in LA it's different. I feel you like don't, it, it's don't not have the same. It's just like here. blackness, yeah. You can't true, see stars. True. Um, I guess okay. I don't know. Hopefully this can take us to the end. 
but pet peeves. Pet peeves? Hmm. Like little ones. Like, I guess, like, let's say, I don't know, we can talk about relationship pet peeves, friendship pet peeves, humans in public pet peeves. Oh, yeah. Let's start on one. Which one do you want to start with? We can do relationship pet peeves first because it's the first one you said. Let me think. Relationship pet peeves, I hate people who are like, oh, so I'm just the worst. You know, like you're fighting with someone and they're like, like you tell them something they did wrong and they're they're like, yeah, well, I'm just the worst. So you hate me. So like, yeah, they like make it like a self-pitying thing Mm. where it's like the reason they did something wrong is because they're such a terrible person and like you shouldn't even have them in their life have them in your life yeah yeah yeah. but it's like no like you're you're putting a title on yourself and it's making you go lower like if you if you think that you aren't gonna be a good partner then most likely you aren't going Mm -hmm. to be because Mm -hmm. you have to believe that you're a good partner and you have to know that you're a healthy partner and you have to like you know put conscious effort towards those things and so in relationships i don't like people who are just like well like I, I can't do relationships. Like, they're just, like, settle with, like, in any kind of regard, either with themselves or with another person. Yeah, that, that's my relationship. That's, a, that's, a, that's an annoying pet peeve. I mean, that's, that's an annoying thing for sure, is somebody yeah. giving up yeah. on themselves. Themselves, And, yeah. it's, and it's kind of like a cop-out in an argument, too. It's mm-hmm. like, no, we got we to gotta solve this. And it's just like... Yeah, they like, take the yeah. blame and put themselves down. It's kind of sad. It's, it is sad. <laughs> the The opposite of that was going to be my pet peeve that I said was going to say was um, somebody running away from an argument. Mm-hmm. Like like there's there's moments the classic like car argument where I imagine what's the scenario like you. Who's in control? Okay, so if the person driving, I feel like, okay, somebody gets out of the car, and then you start arguing through the window, mm-hmm. and then the person just drives off. Or, like, closes the window, and, yeah. And doesn't want to doesn't want to have the talk. Yeah, won't listen, yeah. And then they get upset when you don't chase them down and try to fight for them. Uh, Ooh, yeah. that's, that's good stuff. It's not, <laughs> it's not coming from personal experience or anything, but uh, it does. I, 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 hear, I hear it happens. I've definitely done that. <laughs> You've been the person to drive off and then... <laughs> I've, I've literally ran away from an argument before. But it was because it was a really toxic argument. It wasn't like, you know, like, oh, you did something. It wasn't someone telling me that I did something wrong. Because those kind of things I usually just sit and take. Because they're really emotionally exhausting. But that kind of fight, I was running away because it was just, like, verbal and loud and, like, scary. And, like, I just, like, couldn't deal with it. And I, like, ran through thorns. And it was terrible. But yeah, I, I ran away because I didn't want to yeah. deal with it anymore. It was just too much. It was too much. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I was mentally not dealing with it well. Yeah, I feel like running through thorns is a little dramatic. It but. is dramatic, but I, I was being chased, so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like a different scenario. Yeah, it's a different scenario. <laughs> okay, so yeah, okay, friendship pet peeves. Okay, let me think. <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah, I got one. Friends who, like, will help you Mm. and do a lot of things for you. That is annoying. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, and that part's great. That part's great. But then one of two things will happen. Either they get upset that they helped you because they did too much, 
or they get like like they want to help like like too much does that make sense like they Say either again. meddle or they get mad for how much they have to help how much they have to help yes and then you feel and what would be the solution to that I would say, like, it's not really with my close friends. I feel like it's really just with, like, other friendships as far as, like, they they don't like doing a lot of, like, the friendship effort. They want, like, you to be a friend to them, and they don't like, like, delivering that other side. But at the same time, then they get mad when you aren't. Like, it's like, you know, that whole, like, two-sided, one-sided relationship mm -hmm. sort of thing. I feel like I do have a lot of one-sided friendships as far as, like, I, I picked friends with people who, like, don't want to put a lot of effort towards me, and I feel like I always have to ask them for help, but then they, like, like either flake or, like, don't want to. You know, it's like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. People are just hard, like, to read, and, like, they want friendship, and they want connection, but not at the expense of their own personal comfort, you know? And I would say, like, yeah, that's my relationship pet peeve, mm -hmm. is people who aren't willing to go through it in the friendship. Like, I've had a lot of friendships with people who just give up you know mm -hmm. they're just like like yeah this is like i don't want to be friends anymore yes. and it's just like annoying because it's like i'm a loyal person and i don't give up on my friendships yeah, i will yeah, always yeah. keep like yeah so yeah th that's my pet peeve definitely people who complain about having to be a good friend because they don't know how to be one okay i was gonna say for mine is like there's a i feel like it's a it's a theme this year a little bit it's like anxiety based where Everybody has like a certain amount of bandwidth that mm -hmm. they can kind of operate at. Yeah, like emotional. And it's like, you know, I'm stressed, you're yeah. stressed. And then sometimes friends, once, let's say if you're a good listener, mm -hmm. they'll use you as their outlet for yeah. like all their problems oh, and their yeah. stress. And you're like, I'm being a good friend by listening to you. Mm -hmm. But when every time we talk, if it's the same kind of stuff over and over again and like you give them advice they don't listen yeah it's like okay now you're using me then that's when <laughs> it feels like you're being used it's like yeah it's like i'm not a therapist <laughs> like yeah yeah no definitely little... i i have friends that will like call me at like 1 a.m and be like i have to talk to you i have to talk to you now i'm like i'm asleep and i'm the worst because i always pick up i'm like why did i pick up and then i have to listen to them vent about mm, something mm -hmm. um but no yeah. i i i enjoy being a listener because I feel like it would be unfair if I expected people to listen to me. No, it, I'm sure it means a lot to listen. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, there is a, there is a tipping point. I'm like, all right. Yeah. We just talked yesterday. <laughs> you just told me this. Yeah. And, and I'm stressed too. Can I talk to you about my stresses? Yeah. Oh, you can't handle it? Okay. My mom had a friend like that for a while who like every day she'd just call her talking about her issues and my mom would never get asked about what's going on with her life mm, and eventually mm -hmm. they just like stop seeing each other like they just stop she stopped calling and my mom stopped answering and yeah but it it's sad it some people don't know how to care about so friendships 101 is it's nice to ask other people what they're up to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, just like, yeah, it's good to be, um, what's the word, like, empathetic. Mm -hmm. Like, understand that your friends might be going through a lot. Because that's one thing, like, even though I might be, you know, butthurt over, like, losing a friendship, like, I feel like, at the end of the day, I'll, I always understand, like, they have their own bullshit going on, you know? 
And it's like I have my own bullshit. Yeah, and and it, it's probably not meant meant to be anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. if they wanted to be your friend, like that's kind of yeah. one of my things that I think about. Even as simple as as uh, the game night stuff, is if they wanted if, to go. if you want to show up, they'll show up. But you don't mm-hmm. have to hassle somebody. Be like, why didn't you make it? Why didn't you come? Yeah. Like that's not the way to get somebody to show up to your party, yeah. and it's not a way to be a friend either. It's just yeah. like if you want to be my friend, you'll be there. <laughs> you'll be there. Oh, they're always there. I'm, they're stuck with me. <laughs> okay, now they're stuck. But they'll always want to be stuck. Um, okay, so I guess with that nice positive note, uh, how about well, we haven't plugged your socials or your, I don't know if you have a oh, website yeah. or I don't have where, a website. You, where you want to point people to check out your stuff. My Instagram, which is at Torinator. I'm writing it out for the deaf. it's for the video people (laughs) anyway don't put that in okay at tornator and then my twitter is at tor 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 underscore oh this is all of it is my other instagram that's like my music instagram and then if you click on that link tree on either of my instagrams it'll take you to my music videos and different things like that so go to my link tree. Sweet. And where can people find? Where can where can people expect? Uh, is that where they can expect to see? Yeah, your my next... Instagram definitely is going to be the forefront. That's where I'll, that's where I'll find marketing it. Marketing thing. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, and that'll be coming up hopefully in the next few months. <laughs> do you have? Uh, do you have? I guess. Okay. What would it work? This is being filmed, and what are we in October? Yeah. So November, so you're talking maybe early 2021? Yeah, either early 2021 or late 2020, like really late 2020. Okay, sweet. We'll so see. stay posted, yeah, and uh, thanks for chatting. Oh, yeah, should we sing a song? And uh, I want to sing a song. How about you just, can I just listen to you sing a song? <laughs> no, I want to sing a song. I don't want to sing a song. I feel like it'd be funny. Yeah, let's sing the song. Like, what about just like a nursery rhyme song? We should do Don't Dream It's Over. <laughs> they don't know the words. Okay, ready. <laughs> do, you, do you wanna do you wanna come in and you and get on the mic? Oh no. I'll sing it with you. Ready? One, two, hey now, hey now. Don't dream it's over. Hey now, hey now. World comes in and. They come, they come, to build a wall between us. No, they won't win. Great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay.